0: <laughs> Finally, SparTalk, season two, am I right, Pitts? Finally, indeed, you're right, Jack, but
1: hang on, the election was two weeks ago, okay? On November 1st, uh, two days before the election, we had a Trump voter, a Biden voter, and a third party voter on video to discuss their political anxieties in the year 2020. But the point is that everyone would turn to yeah. us a rebooted, sparsely posted YouTube podcast to get their news. But you you even said that it wouldn't be proper to post the video after election day.
0: Uh, oh, oh, come on, come on. It was it was the perfect plan. Except I forgot one thing. Okay, what's that? The very nature of video editing. <laughs> Especially conferencing from three to four video and audio sources across two continents. Look, we've talked for a long time. We did. Uh, We had some great drinks, some fun, and debated some issues. What my goal is in editing it down is presenting everyone at their best and showing the viewer or the listener, if you're on one of our audio only platforms, authentic, hopefully engaging, but always congenial discussion. It also gave me the opportunity to get together a few links that were brought up during the talk, assess in the time between CNN and AP calling Michigan for Joe Biden, whether there would be open insurrections outside of Kobo and probably through the rest of Detroit and figure out the regular rapid testing—that is the source of my mini rant this time.
1: Okay, well, no insurrection, so that's uh, good news so far, yes. I
0: guess. Uh, I will say, Jack, it is now called the TCF Center, not Cobo Hall. Uh, of course, of course, yes, we—they uh, replaced the name of that racist politician with that ancient, faceless banking institution. Well, baby steps, Jack, baby steps.
1: But um, I'm going to have to get tested in Detroit myself pretty
0: soon. Uh, What did you find out about testing? Walgreens. 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 Yes. If you're in Detroit, there is one free rapid COVID-19 test that I was able to find. And it's Walgreens on 15516 Grand River Avenue. It's not on maps as a Walgreens but go to the Walgreens website and make an appointment. It's drive-through only. Uh, I I cannot emphasize this enough, especially if you are a working person uh, Mm -hmm. in the city, uh, you you should take regular rapid tests. The only way that we're gonna get uh, the numbers down if we take asymptomatic people out of the workforce.
2: Safety first. Um,
0: Safety first. My, uh, my, my mother's actually still waiting on her, uh, her results two weeks after she took a test. She um, Well, tell yeah, her my
1: safety first line. I came up with that.
0: I will say safety first. Next time I talk to her, Pitt says safety first. Yeah. Uh, the city of Detroit where I, I checked is still out of them. And there are still several walk-in clinics and drive through testing sites that are charging uh, up to a hundred dollars for a rapid test and $50 for a test that takes up to seven days to get to the results and I still maintain that everyone uh, involved in profiting off of those should be in prison. Uh, but you will see more of my thoughts and debate about it later in the video.
1: Well, Walgreens, wow. I mean, I've always been more of a CVS guy myself, but it sounds like I might hey. have to reevaluate
0: some of that. Dr. CVS, dude. hmm So, Jack, um, are you gonna make an appointment? Well, I actually had a little Corona scare, or I, I should say, uh, COVID scare, and I, I just got back from uh, taking a rapid test. It, it took about an hour to get results. Mm-hmm. And the results will be announced at the end of this video. What a hook! We'll
1: definitely right. net at least everyone that you've interacted with in the past two weeks.
0: Always thinking. I interact with a lot of people too. You do, lots uh, of
3: people. You could yes. Be a super uh,
0: But yeah, I'm always, I'm always thinking, always thinking, like, what even is soreness? Can you feel it psychosomatically?
1: So without further ado,
0: or like from being too active or not active enough?
1: Spar Talk, Season 2, Episode 1, 2020.
0: Yeah, I was hoping to talk about sex and religion, and here I'm having to talk about murderers. It's, just, it's just politics today, which is mainly murderers, and I'm sorry to say. <laughs> the first episode, oh. he toasted to Make America Great Again, so you can
2: toast to that. <laughs> uh, it's, sex, it's politics, politics it's sex. and religion. Yeah, What's yeah, the first one? Yeah, right. <laughs> right.
4: Uh, the it, fourth it's mainly episode sex. It's of sex, politics, and religion. It's our podcast.
5: that is a Step in and like say, You're
0: both white Sometimes we uh, time our rituals to face the, <laughs> <So> the, uh, <laughs> the I think like I So after begging you to just the Welcome one, welcome all to Spa Talk, a podcast talk show about sex, politics, and religion. From a working class salt of the earth shooting the shit at the bar perspective. And although we're not at the bar today, not in a studio, not strictly speaking, breaking bread, our salt will nonetheless still shoot shit. And we'll have a couple of rounds doing it. I'm Jack Dalton your thoroughly entrenched moderator and today. For the premiere of our second season, I thought I'd introduce our first ever co-host in lieu of a bartender zooming in from the capital of the EU, Brussels, Belgium. We have a friend from across the ocean, formerly host of Improv Detroit, Alex Pitts. Pitts, it's been a long time. How's Brussels treating you?
1: Thank you for having me, Jack. Happy to be here. Uh, Brussels is treating me okay, considering we have the second highest number of cases per day in all of Europe. And we're entering our That's second lockdown hurt. tomorrow. But uh, other than that, I'm pretty happy, feeling good. Uh, but I got to ask wh- what's going on with your mask? It's pretty odd.
0: Oddly, I get. Thoroughly researched all of the masks available and designed one specifically to uh, uh, comply with CDC and Dr. Fauci's recommendations. Uh, as you can see, there is no way that this mask can slip under my nose. And it's also modeled after my uh, write-in candidate for the 2020 presidential election, Tom Hotties Bain from Dark Knight Rises.
1: Okay, Uh, I have a lot of questions. Uh, First of all, how and why do you write in a fictional character uh, on your ballot? Like, how does that work?
3: Uh,
0: Tom Hardy's middle name Bane, last name from Dark Knight Rises.
1: But you know he's not, like, you know it's a fictional character.
0: Well, I mean, What's the point? You know, what do we, what do you want me to write oh. in? Bernie Sanders?
1: Okay, you know, it's it's your right. It's your right to vote however you He's want.
0: Populist right? hero. It sends what? a message.
1: Wasn't he like a terrorist? Didn't he like take over the city by force?
0: No, he was the hero of that story. That was that was uh, the most famous uh, Batman villain film. Oh. Batman's
3: villain.
1: My okay, I guess I must have misunderstood uh, the movie. Um, but you know, you with the math, you know, you can't catch coronavirus through a zoom call, right? Like, you do you just well, wear Dr.
0: it? Dr. Boucher has ordained upon us that the great virus can strike anywhere at any time. And if I should need food or drink, I have a hose to pump protein shake in my face. Check it out.
1: I'm checking it out. Yeah, Yes. Yeah. Okay, look, Jack, it's like, it's really hard to hear you, and considering this is all about discussion, um, could you maybe lose the mask for, like, just, like, an hour or two? Why don't we talk about our sponsor for, for the week? It's um, uh, coronavirus, um, Corona Corona Beer, Corona Cerveza.
0: All right, well, well I guess I will need that, too, yeah, there's no good way to have this with, with the mask. I guess I'm trusting you, Pitch. <clears throat> because you're an old friend, but just uh, do me a favor and uh, try not to breathe directly into the camera. I'm um, uh, do my best. Okay, thank you. We also have our audio and now uh, video technician Gabriel Bannis, only other person, and this is true, has been with us since episode one. Uh, season one and uh, Gabe and I are the only ones that are uh, that are in the same location everybody else is uh, uh, talking remotely in a zoom call so uh, yeah thanks Gabe I told you Bane mask
1: or no deal so I had to improvise
0: okay cool he's kind of a henchman a little bit Um, So, today we have three panelists, and there's only one distinction between them that pertains to today's topic, which we will get into, but in the meantime, let me uh, introduce our Trump voter, athlete, entrepreneur, and autism self-advocate, Andrew Ackner. Andrew is someone, uh, let me select you. As someone in a cohort consistently speculating on whether uh, they're on the spectrum and as someone who all else aside tends to get along with those that are, I enthusi- enthusiastically welcome you to our panel.
4: Thanks, man, great to be here.
0: Next, we have a friend of mine with uh, proper working class bona fides, a Warren voter in the primary, but a Biden voter in the general which may or may not equate to a lady in the sheets in the uh, streets and a freak in the sheets, Anthony Henderson. Anthony, how you doing?
3: I'm well, Jack, thank you.
0: Yeah, no No problem, man. Thanks for doing it. Yes. Um, And lastly, um, we have a a last minute fill-in. Mike Saliba, uh, which is the Libertarian uh, candidate for uh, uh, Michigan's uh, ninth district for representative uh and a joe jorgensen voter mike thanks so much for filling in so last minute
2: thanks for having me guys
0: and before you ask we did approach uh greens to be part of this and we even approached a non-voter to be part of that but they both uh spaced on the date then uh you know what Pitts? yeah we forgot to do the news segment
1: today i was gonna ask you and i thought maybe you would cut it out Um, And also was thought you were going to send me what news you wanted to talk about.
0: (laughs) No, I I completely uh, I talk about the green uh, green voters and the non-voter space in the day we completely spaced on. Is there was there let's just actually turn it back to the panel. Was there any news today that anybody would like to uh, that anybody noticed or like to bring up?
1: I mean, I'll say, I don't think the news has been pretty boring lately. There's not very much going on in the world.
0: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's a good point. It's pretty, you know, it's like, I would like something, you know, to pay attention to for once. You know, it seems like, uh, it seems like everything's just kind of well handled. Yeah. Lately. Yeah.
1: So, you know, we don't have to
0: worry about it.
1: Well, let's see what the panelists Um, think.
0: But, yeah, I mean, and and this this topic's really topical anyway. Does anybody else have uh, something that they wanted to bring up off the bat in terms of uh, current events? Mike? Rest in peace,
2: Sean Connery.
0: Oh, yeah, Sean Connery. Sean Connery
1: died. Notorious wife slapper, Sean Connery.
0: (laughs) Notorious wife wife slapper, the best James Bond, and uh, Mr. Universe. but yeah, yeah, he 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 got canceled in like the '80s, and everybody forgot about it. Is the one thing that I know I remembered about. Um, one of the
1: first cancels.
0: One of the first cancels, and now and now permanently canceled. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we'll move on. Rip uh, Rip Sean Connery, RIP. Um, so uh, let's move on to our mini rant. Um, and for our mini-rant today, and, and this is a segment that I've fueled with sheer exasperation, but uh, uh, today I kept up out of necessity, I'm going to talk about COVID testing in our, in this country. Uh, just in passing, I've talked to fathers of high school football players, military employees, and service industry, industry professionals who have gone back to work without readily available same-day testing. Despite exploding numbers uh, of cases and deaths, uh, Despite the closure and regulation of millions of venues, businesses, m- multi-month lockdowns that we've all in- endured, it was the, with the understanding that federal and state governments would get necessary testing the fuck together. I don't, I, I don't want to do this forever. No parties, masks on everyone, and where and when anyone fails, in- infection numbers beyond a reckoning spike like crazy. As a bartender who has helped set up a bar in the middle of the street and a grocery store, what the fuck is the government doing right now? I posted about making decent testing available in April. Six months later, the only help I've seen is the city of Detroit providing free rapid tests for service industry folks and school workers and cops. It takes like 20 minutes to get results and they run out all the time. And then last time I, I called it and, uh, and almost booked it before saying this is a rapid test, right? And it was like that old story where, you know, a girl you took out last night, you you visit their parents and they say that this person's been dead for 25 years. No, this this takes seven days to get results, she tells me. Oh, well, I work five days a week, so that's less than useless to me, thanks anyway. Which by the way, they get that figure as an average between five and 10 days, or one to two business weeks. Sometimes it takes less, sometimes it takes two weeks, but the fact that that's the weight completely discourages asymptomatic people who generally don't need a test to take it. And don't tell me some of the tests are more expensive because I know we're spending millions at least on these other tests that are hot garbage. Stop buying them. There's no point for an asymptomatic person to take one if they have to wait seven days. And those are the people that we need to quarantine once in a while. Just buy the same day tests, make them free on every every corner and rack up the appointments. Also, don't tell me there's a shortage of rapid tests. They're being sold through windows with lines around the blocks for $100 a pop. Those people should be in jail and the government should be the only client to the manufacturers. Anyone who wants to attest can get a test. That's what Donald Trump said on March 6th. And while that was a lie then, unfortunately, it's still a lie now. And we have a Democrat governor, so I can say it's both parties' faults, but it's more that everyone is just stupid. If a candidate had run on basic free testing and delivered it in May, the numbers would explode, then go down, and the candidate would win in a landslide. Apparently, Michigan is just now with 200,000 cases, Michigan is being sent three million rapid tests. Obviously there's too, it's too little too late, but if it isn't distributed properly, we'll have wasted the opportunity again. However this ends up, I've never had a hope for a vaccine, only testing. And right now, uh, and possibly for the foreseeable future, we're only treading water. So Pitts, that's my mini rant today.
1: Well, you got one. I got to say that rings like all too true with me. Okay. Just like strap in, bear with me for this. Okay. First, the government, the Belgian government gives my company more money to pay me extra money per month because I'm working from home. Okay. Like we have a budget we have to keep, you know, like, it's not like, what am I supposed to do with all this extra money anyway? Everything was closed. So I ended up saving all this money. Now I have all this extra money. And like, but when am I supposed to use my 30 days of paid vacation? And when I have all this money, like, what am I supposed to do with all this? You know, just let me go out and spend it and let me like book trips and stuff. You know, I mean, okay. Like I did use some of it after we opened up in June when our cases went down and everything was safe and everything was, was better, but it wasn't nearly as fun. And one of my trips actually got canceled and it took the airline like a month to <laughs> refund me. Just like yeah, absolutely wow. a- atrocious. I only got to take one vacation this summer, okay? Now all of a sudden we're going back into a lockdown. We only had four months with minimal cases to enjoy the summer. What kind of summer is that, right? But honestly, with the testing, that's where I feel you the most, okay? Because did I tell you I had a COVID scare like three weeks ago? Listen, Just like, listen to this, okay? I went on a Sunday. On a Sunday, I went to a game night with three other people. Right? We played a game. We had some drinks. We had some fun. Great time. That Wednesday, I find out one of them has uh, symptoms. Okay. So now I have to get tested. So even though I feel fine, on Thursday I'm calling. I had to call like ten different doctors' offices to uh, before I got a hold of a doctor. And um, she didn't even let me come into the office. She just had me download the our national co- uh, contact tracing app. And uh, she approved my test through the app. So then the next day, I have to go take, take a tram for 15 minutes to get to the testing center. I had to wait in line for 45 minutes. And then I had to let them scan my phone to make sure that I was allowed to get a test. And then like, I had to wait until the next day to get my results. Okay, So and they didn't, they didn't even have the courtesy to call me. They, I had to wake up Saturday morning and check the app myself to see that I didn't have COVID. It just, uh, I don't think I'll ever get over this, honestly.
0: I, I It's awful, man. I'm sorry. Uh, you think you'll leave the country? Come, oh, come no, back no, here.
1: no, 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 no way.
0: Okay, well, maybe, maybe uh, when things open up a little bit, I can, uh, you know, maybe I can so, come stay with you sometime, you know?
1: Um, may, maybe you know we'll see how see how things play out.
0: I miss you, man. That's what I'm saying. I miss you. I miss um, you. Too. But uh, okay, so with all that out of the way, uh, we can introduce finally introduce our sponsor Corona. Uh, this is a great beer that's had uh, a hard year, uh, to, to say the least. Uh, its searches were way down. Well, they were they were way up, but for a different thing. Um, The company was successful in petitioning uh, the WHO to change the name to COVID-19, but its image still needs some rehabilitation, uh, which is why they approached us uh, to be, uh, to sponsor today's episode. Uh, Pitts, how are you enjoying your Corona today? I'm
1: enjoying mine. Uh, I just had a couple sips so far, but I'm going to make a cocktail. I uh, wanted something that I could do relatively easy, easily. Um, so it's it's a Corona sour. It's actually just a whiskey sour with Corona on top. Um, so I am going to uh, prepare that now. Let me just get my other camera ready.
0: And, get- and uh, for the other panelists, uh, just just know that we're going uh, part of our thing to promote uh, local businesses and, and of course, Corona. Uh you know, the I don't I don't know if they have a saying. Uh, the, the the world's the world's tonic. That's a pretty good one. Um so uh we're gonna be uh preparing these drinks on a different camera for a second. So Pitts is going to do that right now.
1: Yep. So uh I've got my Jim Beam bourbon because I'm a working class man. I don't have any have the money for anything fancy and I don't need anything fancy. I like Jim Beam. I like Jim Beam too. I got a uh, lemon and lime. I got uh, agave syrup instead of simple syrup because it's what I have on hand. I don't keep sugar in the house um, and uh, ready to do that. So I'm just gonna measure this stuff out. Okay. We got-
0: I'm gonna uh, start recording my on my, my, my thing too. Okay. Just keep on going.
1: All right, I've got three quarter ounce of each juice. Not really Don't <laughs> have much to say while well, I'm making the drink, just did the lime juice, doing the lemon juice using my nice little- uh, what, are you, what
0: are you mixing, uh, mixing the You can I'm just mix. mix-
1: I'm mixing them into a uh, shaker that I was given as a gift for my 30th birthday uh, last year. Um, it was a whole, which I, I was wanting to get one for myself for a long time and then no someone did it for me, which is great. I'm gonna, so I just did the lemon and lime. I need the uh, agave. And it might be a little weird to use agave instead of simple syrup, but uh, I'm willing to try it. I also haven't made this drink before, so when I take my first sip, we will see live on air uh, whether this is good or not.
0: (laughs) Well, no, of course you'll like it because it's got Corona, the world's tonic.
1: Right, yes, of course, you're right.
0: Yeah.
1: I guess I was just thinking of maybe the agave will mess it all up, but I'm sure Corona will mix well with anything. I think so. Okay, I also don't have an ice cube tray because they're not big on ice here, so I used an egg holder to make ice.
5: Oh,
0: crap, I need ice for mine too.
1: Oh my goodness. I'm gonna shake it up nice.
0: Hey. Luckily, I always keep some trays handy. You
1: know, I'm gonna use the ice that I shook with to pour into the drink, actually, not straight. Okay, here we go. All right. So there is my, that's just the whiskey sour. And now all I gotta do is pour Corona over it. All right. See how it goes. Okay, how's your- right, drink? and
0: actually, don't sip it yet, because we're gonna do our toast. I'm, I'm gonna for the Toast. Okay, great. I'm about to prepare uh, mine and uh, and Gabe's micheladas. I got my Corona today from uh, my favorite taqueria, just around the corner from me um, and it's called La Jaleciense and they got their uh, liquor license in the course thing and I, I helped them set up their bar. Um, so. First thing we I'm gonna use their recipe too that we do there. We sell a lot of these things. So first off, I've got clamato. It's a good it's a good cocktail mix of uh, tomato juice. I actually don't really like real tomato juice that much. Oh. I forgot I gotta rim it. So I'm gonna rim the glasses with some tahini which is like a chili sauce. And I got a juicer for a bunch of limes here. But I'm going to pour a little into this side dish, maybe like one lime. I'm going to take my tahini here just pops off. And Jack, what is tahine? It's like a chili uh, chili powder. Okay.
1: You had a nice little container there that's made for rimming glasses, yeah?
0: Yes. It's uh, the company itself puts it out.
1: So oh, I'm gonna nice.
0: rim mine, and then I'm gonna rim kids And I already have the Clamato in one. About to put the kamado in the other one. Okay. Then I get fun with it. Worcestershire sauce. Oh my goodness. Drops in each. Is Maggie jugo? And what's that? It's also like cooking for cooking. It makes just things. It just makes things tasty. So just a little bit. I, I like my stuff really savory. Um, in fact, they have a special asada sauce in the uh, in at the taqueria, so I just I stole a little bit of that. Just a little whiff of that is good. Then some salt, just a just a bar spoon of salt. That's going right into the drink. That's going right into the drink. Wow. I can mix it up with the, with the bar spoon a little bit. Look out, arteries, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> That's fair, but you know, Pitts, these days we gotta live a little, you know? You
1: are so right, my friend.
0: Then I'm gonna take three limes, I'm cutting up three limes here.
1: Didn't think to cut those before the podcast, huh? No,
0: <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> you know, well, even even in the in the taqueria, and choose the best knife. <sighs> um, even at the taqueria, we uh, kind of just cut everything fresh, right as we go. We do mix up the rest of these in a. Um, in a uh, premix Okay, the lines are done. So, I'm going to do an ounce of, or um, a lime and a half inch. 3 halves. That was the knife. I don't need it anymore.
1: Okay, and you're using a citrus Squeezer to squeeze the juice there.
2: Yes,
0: sir.
1: Very nice thing to have on hand. I just used a uh, store-bought uh, pre-squeezed and now I don't know what I'm gonna do with uh, the rest of these.
0: Well, yeah, that's, that's another thing I, I really kind of tried to set up in the taqueria is that like Instead of ingredients, certain ingredients, we just say, like, one lime, and we just, and we have a great juicer, like a single press.
5: Mm -hmm. So
0: at that point, you open both of your Coronas, and you pour. Now you're pouring pretty fast. You're going to see a lot of head there. You know what, I think maybe it's the ingredients or whatever, but you can pour a little faster in these. I'm, I'm seeing a little head, but like nothing crazy. And then I'm gonna give a couple ice cubes to each. Dave, you looking forward to these? Oh yeah, buddy. Oh yeah. And then we've got... La- the finishing touch, which is these tamarind candies that oh, wow. are also a straw.
1: I can tell you, it smells great.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: I wish I could have one of those.
0: So now, my one camera can see them pretty good. Now you guys can see them pretty good, and it's delicious. And like the tam- you eat the tamarind candy like kind of as you go. So mm. I'm going to give this one to Gabe. Yeah, no problem i'll cheers you in the cheers you in the video we're not going to cheers here that wouldn't be nice that wouldn't be proper
1: no no in the video
0: in the video um with that out of the way it looks delicious pits yours too by the way i just want to make it clear again corona cerveza or beer has no association whatsoever with the spread of novel coronavirus covid-19 any suggestion to the contrary from publications such as the Daily Stormer are erroneous at best, but it, it, it's just an enjoyable uh, beverage with no infectious properties. Unless of course, you're talking about it's smooth multi-flavor, which has infected the palates from all around the world. I'm gonna quit while I'm ahead there. Um, so. From Detroit to Brussels, everyone can have a little Corona. That's not good either. No. Um, So let's move on to our toast. Needless to say our problems today are uniquely problematic, which is uh, a tautology I never thought I'd employ, but I'm afraid that any attempt at a hopeful or optimistic sentiment here would ring false. I think we all know that. So if you'll raise your glasses for our toast today, I'd like to offer up an old Irish saying that Pitts and myself picked out because If there's any group of people who know how to toast a national tragedy, it's the Irish. There's nothing so bad that it couldn't be worse. Cheers. Tink. Whoo. Good. Not bad. I like it. Not bad. You like it, Gabe? Yeah, it's good. Awesome. Uh, Does anybody, uh, before we move on to the subtopics, does anybody want to say anything about their beverage?
2: No. I just want to ask Pitt if he ever puts egg whites in his whiskey sours. Yeah. I haven't,
1: I I've had them and it's very good. I actually, you know, I did try with the egg white. My, my first, even though I was a bartender for years, it wasn't a fancy place. So my first attempt at, was a few months ago using the egg whites for the for the foam and stuff. Pretty good, very classy.
0: All right. I want to start the way we ended the season one, episode one, twenty sixteen. Dot dot dot. Uh this topic today is called uh 2020 dot dot dot. And um it's it's basically uh the way I like set it up originally, this show, is that I wanted to do like kind of a uh a panel of people that disagreed, basically. And And I was inspired by the McLaughlin group. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched the McLaughlin group. It's still a show, but like the guy, the main guy who was named after is, is, has died. John McLaughlin. He died in 2016. It was another uh, thing that it was, uh, uh, known for in 2016 he was one of those 2016 deaths and so I thought I'd tie it in with uh the 2016 thing but you know uh they kept it going with the new host Tom Rogan and they end every episode with uh predictions they just say predictions and everybody goes around and they say uh something that they think will happen that might be like you know might be surprising maybe maybe not so surprising um but I think everybody I think we should start it with predictions this time because you know we're 2 days away from the election and i think everybody probably has a uh, has an idea of what might happen even if they don't you know even if they're nervous or don't know or or you know are hedging their bets or whatever um so i think i want to start with let's start with andrew Andrew, what what is your prediction of what of what will happen uh, next week this week?
4: So my prediction is uh, Donald Trump will get reelected. there will be a close one, but um, it, it's uh, it's hard it's hard to gauge with everything going on. But I think Trump will win. How how will he do it? In in um in swing states or in the courts or both or Oh, that's an even tougher one. Um, I think in the swing states, but it'll it'll be it'll be close with everything going on.
0: Anthony, what do you what's your uh, prediction of what's going to happen this week?
4: Uh, I'm
3: predicting Biden will win, uh, but uh, more importantly, I'm predicting that uh, the coronavirus will go out of control this week. Yes, it's already out of control. Well, already
0: has kind of right.
3: Yeah, but uh, I think uh, death totals will come up and uh, hmm. scare the crap out of everyone.
2: Yeah, my prediction was uh, Biden's going to win. Uh, it's going to be a landslide in the popular, close in the electoral college. And uh, that being said, I think uh, Corona cases might start to spike, but deaths are going to remain very low, and it's going to fizzle out within a couple of months, a uh, couple of weeks of the election. How do you think? I should ask. How do you
0: think jo- JoJo is going
2: to do? Uh, I'm seeing better numbers than I was expecting, but I think it's going to come in probably lower than uh, Gary Johnson did in 2016, but hopefully better in some more key states. And where I'm seeing some of the states where Trump is losing voters, I think she's uh, actually gaining some. It's going to be a little bit closer to uh, spoiler than usual and that's what we'd like to see
1: for the listener uh, uh jojo being uh joe jorgensen the libertarian candidate running for president
0: yes thank you for the
2: clarification five uh, percent the magic number that we're always shooting to to get the sort of matching funds from the federal government that the other two teams do get even though we don't like stuff from the federal government we might as well have an even playing field well, um yeah, you
3: know
2: five percent was the setup sort of threshold for a while to get into the debates. Uh, what happened uh, was uh, back in 9'2, uh, Ross Perot, not a libertarian, was polling at about two percent, but at a big enough campaign and he was allowed into the debates, ended up with eighteen percent of the general uh, vote. Yeah, uh, that's up from two percent to eighteen percent just by being in the debates. Uh, Gary Johnson, for him, they set the uh, bar at 15% to get into the debates. He was polling at 10% before the debate, uh, only wound up with uh, about 3.4% of the vote. But you can imagine what that bump is like. If being in the debates is enough to go from 2% to 18%, Gary Johnson was at 10% before the debates. what could that bump have been? Could be looking at a totally different situation right now than we previously had. Right.
0: Um I think with that we could probably move on to our next uh, sub sub subtopic uh or subtopic, I guess. Oh uh, my prediction.
2: Caveat prediction.
0: Caveat prediction. Go ahead. Any widespread recounts, Trump will win. Interesting.
1: Okay, everybody yeah. gets a caveat prediction now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, I, we can we can fit it into the subsequent things, Pitts. I think we gotta keep right. on keep it going, keep
5: it chugging. Uh you fair. got the
0: you got the next question, right?
1: Yep, yep. So I wanted to talk to everybody and ask, uh, why are you voting the way that you are? Why are you voting for this candidate? Why are you voting for this party? And I, uh, and and how effective do you think it'll be in the state and uh, when it comes to the whole country? And I actually want uh, to start with Andrew on this.
4: I'm mostly a single-issue voter on this. There's other reasons, but for me, it's mostly um, the issues of tech censorship and free speech. I think Trump has uh, has done more when it comes to um, calling out the big tech firms and trying to uh, decrease, uh, decrease censorship. And I would like for him to do more, but he's done more than uh, past presidents and— is uh, and I definitely am concerned with the other candidates, in terms of what they want to censor. And are you voting? Uh, what
1: about the rest of the ballot? Are you voting Republican generally, or is there a mix?
4: It's a mix of Rep- of Republican and leaving blank at this point.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
4: And and what what are
1: the other issues aside the for the other candidates? What are what are the issues you're concerned with?
4: Uh, For me, it's mostly a constitutional civil civil liberties, Second Amendment, First Amendment. Uh, In terms of Second Amendment, I don't think I'm responsible enough to own guns, but I think people who are responsible enough should be should be permitted. And I think a lot of past gun control issues should be repealed, including the NFA. Um, But in general, it's mostly um, free speech okay gotcha
0: where where is uh i i what are you scared of with biden on free speech out of curiosity specifically
4: i think he's too friendly with uh with facebook google the legacy media and pretty much all of the big firms twitter and they've been growing in censorious behavior and uh I'm concerned about two thirty uh being uh being scrapped away with and then them having the technology to just operate as publishers, especially with Congress not enforcing and a Biden presidency not enforcing. Next, Anthony, what about you?
0: And feel free to respond to anything Andrew just said, obviously.
3: Certainly. You know, uh well uh Biden for me, I I Jack, you know, it wasn't uh, my first choice to come to to represent the Democratic Party, but uh, he is the representative out there. Uh, probably my number one concern right now is, is uh, health care. And uh, I think that uh, I, I consider all of you guys to be a little bit younger. People don't realize I didn't realize that uh, how important it was until uh, I needed it, I think at a certain age, you're young, single, young, up to forty, you know, with no children or something, and if, if everything going well, you don't realize how important it is. Uh, that's a big issue for me. Healthcare, probably the number one right now, uh, and and I I say that even over the uh, some of the race issues because uh, let's face it, as a black guy, I'm used to it. It's it's new to everybody out there because it's been broadcast. But you know, we all knew it. We it's been been like this forever. <laughs> you know, I can kind of welcome it coming out. You know, but uh, d- that doesn't mean we believe anything's going to change on that front. Uh, healthcare was changing, however flawed people think Obamacare was. It, it was a start uh, he himself said he could fix it uh so for me healthcare number one issue and the reason that i'm voting for biden mm-hmm.
0: yeah I, okay. I think my um you know we, we both anthony and i uh, uh, both are bartenders um and i think uh for for me i i think it's so uncertain right now in terms of getting healthcare that uh, uh but uh, that i i can't even begin to like think about how to do it. I, I should look into it soon, but like because I know some people who have taken the time. Um but a couple of my family um you know have uh, uh you know just had a like a a catastrophe happen to them and then they had healthcare. So that's my plan right now. Um so like next time I have a catastrophe, I'll I'll fi- I'll be in the hospital anyway, so I'll figure it out. Um but I imagine most other people uh, it's, I, I, it's not the greatest plan.
3: Unfortunately, that's how a lot of people do it. And, uh, you know, for the people who are are worried about what it does to an economy, that is quite a drain to not have health insurance and to have to figure it out that way. It's, you know, just not economically sound. Mm -hmm. And Um, I I had some things like that, too, when I was a young man like you, Jack, (laughs) but Breaking your ankle, skateboarding, just dumb I'm less stuff. Less young
0: by the day, my friend.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I just wouldn't pay those bills, but, you know, which is bad too. So, yeah, it's uh, there. It's
1: it's kind of a no win situation sometimes with the, with the health care, uh, the way that it's been in the in, in the country. Uh, so let's hope, let's hope that uh, whoever is in power next, whoever it may be, can uh, can do something for for the average man and woman, everybody. Oh.
0: Well, let's hear at uh, Mike on on why he's voting that way, but then maybe like maybe we can go um, respond to some of our our um, you know like get a, get a few uh, rebuts in. Yeah, I'd be
1: interested. I'm interested. Mike, what uh, not only uh, why are you voting the way you are? I'm very curious about um, what you think about voting as a and, and running as a third party candidate and uh, and also what you think about uh, health care plan for the libertarian party.
2: Right. uh you know, I just want to start out with saying, uh, you know, I was, I'm the kind of guy I was going to vote for whoever the Libertarian candidate was going to be. Uh, if you want to take a look at my mindset, uh, I think uh, probably Barack Obama was uh, the worst president that we've had in my lifetime, but I think uh, Donald Trump's the worst human being to be president in my lifetime and probably my parents' lifetime. In that, I think he's an abhorrent person, uh, but I think for Obama may have even done more damage. I kind of look at Biden as one of the worst things Obama did was making him vice president, so I don't want him to be president. I think i will be happier when Trump loses, uh, more because of who he is as a person than anything else. Uh, But as far as running as a third-party candidate, being a third-party candidate, uh, like I said uh, a few minutes ago, uh, in 2018, I ran for state senate, Uh, And I just made it a single-issue campaign, and I just put out a bunch of signs that says car insurance is too high, too damn high. Uh, The state-mandated car insurance in the state of Michigan is the most expensive in the country. And uh, before I did that, neither of the two candidates uh, from the big teams were talking about that, and by the election day, they were both talking about it. So you knew no matter who was going to win, somebody was going to cover that because they don't want this guy who's been trolling them on social media that just says car insurance is too damn high for the last three months to get too many of their votes that they need to win. And you saw that uh, just last week. Uh, Donald Trump decided to reach out to Rand Paul, who's libertarian-ish, to say, hey, I just wanted to uh, let you know President Trump told me he's scaling back the troop presence in Afghanistan, all you Libertarians. He says specifically to all you Libertarians. And uh, he did scale back troop presence. It's still not as low as it was when he took office, but it's much lower than it was now. And if that means he's scared of losing too many battleground votes to Libertarians, that he actually did something sort of okay, uh, good. I want to keep affecting policy in that way if it's, it could be a person in the White House or it could be a person in the White House who doesn't want to lose votes to somebody like me who's talking about real change. And when I went to school, I remember the professor telling me that America was unique for having two liberal parties, the Republicans and the Democrats. I think right now they're both losing that and I think uh, it's, it's going in the other direction. And, uh, you know, they're, both getting, they're both getting
0: more liberal is what you're saying, Mike. What's that? You're you're saying you think that they're both getting more liberal?
2: No, they're becoming less. I think the last oh, uh, Democrats is abandoning liberalism at a much faster rate. I think if Trump wins, the Republicans will continue to do it too. But I think if uh, Trump loses, you might only have uh, one of the two major parties being uh, somewhat liberal. And I think it's only going to be the Republicans. I think uh, the Democrats are done with it.
0: And by liberal, you do you mean on the left or do you mean like neoliberal?
2: I mean, um, what's left of our American principles that came out of the Enlightenment. And as far as protecting free speech, okay. uh, that uh, words aren't violent and enlightenment of youth, I see uh, the Democrats, they're, they're done with it.
0: They're done with Enlightenment principles.
2: Yeah. What do you
0: think about? Uh, I, I agree. I agree with you about the the you know car insurance being too damn high. Um, but and I and I and that was a big issue between um, Whitmer and um, Abdul Al Sayed.
3: Um, health insurance makes car insurance cheaper. Right. You know. Yes. And
0: and and, uh, and our health and we did have legislation addressing it. So. Yeah. Now you know, like for the first time, and I, I thought Whitmer was probably in their in car insurance uh, pocket. I thought they probably was were not going. To, uh, she wasn't going to do anything about that after hearing the debates with between her and Abdul Al Sayed. But she did, and also um, the only ideas on on health care really seemed like they're on the Democratic side. Whether you like Obamacare or or. Uh, uh, you know whether you're like Obamacare or Medicare for all, repeal and replace doesn't have a replace. So, um, what do you would speak a little bit on healthcare and what you think about it? I guess.
1: Yeah, I was wondering. Like, say, I, I totally I understand the strategy of running single issue in order to to move the conversation for the for the yeah. two major parties. But say you do win, what healthcare plan are you advocating for?
2: Uh, it's a big rewind uh, as far as just the libertarian um, platform is concerned because ever since uh, Obama took office and made health care a big issue, we've never said the words health care and meant health care. We've been talking about health insurance this entire time. And if you're stuck in the idea that you need health insurance to pay for your health care, then Yeah, of course, the system that we had before Obamacare was garbage and needed to be fixed and replaced. And then if you make Obamacare, which is all about health insurance, of course, it's not going to really solve anything either. And now the replacement for that on the Democratic side is just free health insurance. It's not really free health care. It's free health insurance.
4: True, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally, but what's the alternative?
2: Erase from your mind that this is something that insurance pays for. Start thinking of insurance as, uh, you know, Chris Rock called it, in case shit happens. But there's maintenance, there's a a cost to being alive, just like there's a cost to owning a car, but we don't use our car insurance to pay for our oil changes or to get a fill-up. So you, uh, you think know, the,
1: the greater issue is that we need to lower the cost of health care?
2: And you, the will, healthcare. you have to lower the cost of healthcare so that you can buy it without insurance and you can afford insurance that just covers when you get hit by a bus, when a tumor shows up, something like that. And that insurance will be much more affordable. And then even people who can't afford that will be able to get it through uh, you know, the goodwill of others and the, the maintenance uh cost of being alive being a human being with a body that you're in that needs to be taken care of will also be cheaper as well uh, it's just a prime example of anybody who used to take something like allegra i used to get a prescription for allegra and my Prescription Allegra was $60 a bottle, but then it stopped being a prescription drug. It became an over-the-counter drug. Over-the-counter drugs aren't covered by health insurance. Magically, it's $11 now. Five if you get the four grand. Uh, But it's having something that's covered by insurance that you don't just go shopping for that makes it expensive in the first place. So everybody's imagining this world where the actual care that you get stays the same price and you're like, you don't, you want me to pay that? Like, no, I want the price for everything to go way down. And then you're gonna to start to realize you don't need as big of an insurance coverage that you have right now. You don't need the government to get it for you. Or if you do, you really don't want it. It's like we have food stamps, but you'd rather go buy your own food.
0: Well, Mike, I had one follow-up question uh, um, for you. Do you think that there should be some, do you think that the price to keep yourself alive in this in this um, instance with healthcare, for instance, should be as high as it is, or do you think that there should be stuff that's free at point of service where you show up and like you're, you have a catastrophe or something? You don't like they, you know, they've got to treat you anyway. Like, don't you think that we should work out some sort of system? What, what's the libertarian system for that?
2: Yeah, uh, this is. I'm going to go off, um, you know, platform. Uh, don't want to speak for all libertarians, but so I thought about certain things where, you know, I accept the fact that, you know, if your house catches fire, the fireman's going to come. So there are probably yeah. some medical equivalents to that, um, but yeah well they have to
0: treat you they have to treat you at this point if you go to the emergency room and like you know you don't have anything like they still have to treat you but that wasn't always the case do you like do you have have you thought in your head like you know a system you know there are certain libertarians that are against the fire department you know that like obviously you're not yeah but but like obviously you're not like did you think that there's a system by which you know have you thought about a healthcare system i i just i i want to you know, like what, what's what's your health system besides bringing costs down? I, I agree with bringing costs down.
2: Cost down through market forces. So you really just take away, and then some of this, the government can't legislate a lot of this. Some of it just has to be the way we as consumers change the way we consume this product, and and some of that is um, you know wrapped up in Medicare, Medicaid. There are doctors that if they want to accept Medicare, Medicaid, they have to follow their pricing guidelines, and it's actually doctors who stop accepting Medicare, Medicaid, who end up lowering their prices because they no longer are bound to what uh, dictated price is. So it's different options like that. There are some practicing doctors who have already uh, made examples and with a a bit of uh, deregulation, it can get better, it gets easier, and um, when you're talking about what do I think is needs to happen um, to put everything into the uh, libertarian mindset, everything that I do think about is, do I think this is so important that I need somebody with a gun to come put somebody else in a cage if they don't participate in this arrangement? Because that is the end-all be-all of everything that the government provides or enforces. So yeah, should the government do some things here or there? But it has to be something that's so important that I think a man with a gun should come to your house and put you in a cage if you don't want to participate in it. So that's and what people's health. And people's care. health.
0: I'm sorry, people's health are, is not like a basic health care for for citizens.
2: No, we have an, an example of hundreds of millions of Americans who take care of their own on their own. Um, okay. I think be a better society if we helped the people who couldn't do it on their own and maybe there's a level where maybe you should get thrown in jail i don't know uh i don't think there's a whole heck of a lot that i want to throw people in jail for not participating in
0: okay um andrew a lot of what i think he's talking about is uh is stuff that I think Trump promised. Essentially, he said it would be uh, there'd be health care, be much cheaper, it's going to be much better. But then what ended up happening was essentially he just, um, you know, lost the individual mandate for Obamacare, which I was the worst part of Obamacare. Yes, but also, isn't this just tiptoeing closer to either? what we had before Obamacare, which wasn't that great. And then, or, or like Medicare for all, like what's, what's the replace and is repeal and replace? First
4: first of all, I want to say, I was nodding my head at everything Mike was saying about pretty much everything he, everything he's said so far for the most part on this. I don't know if um, Joe Jorgensen is the best candidate for the ideology of libertarianism, but um, in terms of being a libertarian, that's pretty much where I fall ideologically. Um, in terms of that, I will say um, my stance on uh, Trump and healthcare is he, the, he, he faced obstructionism from both, both parties. I don't think, honestly, the Republican party likes him that much either in terms of uh, House and Senate, other Republicans in terms of in-party support. Uh, among the electorate, he has a lot of support, but um, in terms of, uh, I I just think he wasn't able to get a lot done because first half of his term he was a lame duck with both with his party controlling both chambers of Congress, and um, he well, was a Andrew, lame duck. What also. did he want to get
0: done? What did he want to get done? I, the, like this, is what I'm I'm saying? Like it's cool. It's it's cool to say like we we're there. Everyone's against us, and like you know this is this system is bad that system is bad what is the system that we're going to have under republicans or libertarians for that matter for healthcare care to get basic I think um, a lot a
4: lot less regulation of the healthcare care industry i think a lot less paperwork a lot less um, rules and regulation a lot less red tape preventing people if you want to be able to get an experimental treatment you should be permitted to um that sort of thing free up free up the market i think we need uh less uh less less government intervention
0: and and you don't you don't accept the uh the i think you're you're of the same mind as mike where you don't uh see uh health or health coverage as a, a necessary th- thing for our society or a human right
4: i yeah i definitely do not think that um, it should be a right. I think it should be, you know, just like food, we all need food, but you got to buy food. Um, and I mean, I, I, I don't think food stamps is the worst government program, but I think, uh, but I definitely am opposed ideologically to it. Just like uh, with healthcare. I think it's, uh, it's a commodity. It's an individual commodity. Your health is a commodity. that uh, should be paid for individually or at least not through government.
0: Um, throwing it back to Anthony, um, <clears throat> I I mean, and this kind of gets into the uh, party politics in general, loyalty and uh, efficacy. Uh, you know, uh, the Democratic Party does tout itself as the Healthcare party or like the, the party that you kind of keep voting on in if you want to get you know get through the the light at the end of the tunnel as as you see. But uh before Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, and I know you're a Warren supporter, uh they didn't prioritize it very much, did they?
3: Uh, you know, I maybe they once you started getting insurance, and I do agree with uh, Mike with uh we're talking about insurance, but not healthcare, but the insurance also uh, can't mandate, can't make you. But most of the insurance policies from Obamacare, you were required to have your oil changes, which do things like have uh, your yearly checkups or, you know, and, and your flu shots and things like that to catch things before. I had private insurance when I worked for it, which is one of the reasons that I worked for a corporation. Uh, so when I went through my cancer junk, paying out of my paycheck for private insurance and all that, my part of that was over $50,000 still with supposedly super insurance, you know, super company, over 50 grand. And uh, I'm still paying that. Like, it's it's ridiculous. So I uh, did all of that not with the company anymore. They actually got rid of me because they had the cancer, <laughs> you know. They're like, well, to, to not have to pay their part of the insurance. Got Obamacare, much less, and they paid for everything, you know, the, the treatment, the radiation, and stuff that I had to have after. And uh, it was pretty much free to me. So uh, the healthcare is a commodity. What is What do you have the government for? And I mean, you need government for just not complete whatever, but what do you have politicians for? Be they Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, whatever. What are you paying those guys for? What do you wanna do with your tax money? And you will be taxed whoever, you know? I mean, it's 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 ridiculous for people to think that society would work without the services that we have. And that people would be able to pay for those services.
0: I I think uh tw- tw- like let's let's just do a little recap on that. Our first episode was on about uh 2016 and what a rotten year it was. All these celebrities dying, and then we had um, you know, really iconic people like Prince and David Bowie, and then we had uh, two of the most unpopular people in the country running against each other um for uh to be our leaders. So it was almost like, it, it was an insult to injury a little bit. Um, and I, uh, you know, I, I voted to a third party and I'm not sure whether I stand by that now. I, I say I regret it, but I always regret every vote I make because I always think that there's some bullshit uh, consequence to every all of them. Um, I stayed and, home in 2016
4: for the record. You stayed home in 2016? Yeah, I yeah I stayed home.
0: So this love affair with uh, Donald Trump has been uh, growing since then.
4: It's only would... been about a year, two years since I started supporting Trump. Okay, in the last I, two, years. I stayed home in 2018 too. This will be the first election I'm voting for since 2008. Voting in since 2008. Did you think? Did you think about voting for your party? Um, I, 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 w- I would consider voting third party. There has not been a third party um, candidate that I've been eligible to vote for that I found worth voting for. What did you do in 2016, Anthony?
3: Well, you know, I voted for Hillary and, and I didn't like her. And uh, I'm going to tell you that I, I'm kind of ashamed of that now. I don't think that I gave her that. I don't, I think I judged her much more harshly then I would have a male uh, candidate. I would have liked liking someone. I Not that I wouldn't have preferred someone else, but I judged her pretty harshly. And I think a lot of people did because she was a woman, because of her husband, a whole bunch of things. I think that if a lot of men, especially, looked that they were, see, they were being a little misogynistic. Trump had
1: never held office before, and so no one knew what to expect from him. So there were people yeah. out there thinking he's a deal maker, he'll be making deals left and right with whoever he can, Democrat, Republican, whoever. Or you know, or thinking it could be the most chaotic thing ever, but there was nothing to go on. There was no experience to go on. And Hillary Clinton had a very long record to look at. So comparing hypotheticals against a solid record was it just was a big question mark. So if someone was torn between the two, you could see how they could make the decision. But then now yeah, compared to now, it's uh, And I think
0: Anthony is right in this in this sense that like on top of her having a very long record and and my the thing that really turned the tide for me was that she it was she wasn't she wasn't making allowances for her being a bad candidate because she was and she, uh, like and I think she made a lot of bad moves she yeah. was very underhanded in the primary um, and she was very um underhanded in the primary against Barack Obama uh, the the three a.m. call um I like if she had made allowances for that and she had said i know i'm not perfect but i'm better than trump like the biden strategy is today i probably would have voted for her but she had this i will agree with anthony that she had this very long 30 year career that like that basically where people made their entire careers off of trashing her and her husband and like the, the, like so she had she was hated in a very manufactured way no doubt about it me right. i had the opposite problem with hillary is that in that I liked her personally. I think if I were going to have a, I know that Donald Trump doesn't uh, drink, but if I was going to have a, dr- a drink between between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, I can't think of a person that I'd rather, you know, that, that I'd least want to drink with versus someone I'd most want to. Like she knows all the Jeffrey Epstein shit. She knows <laughs> like she's. she's Sometimes, like people say, she's personally very thorough and hilarious, and like has been, you know, first lady and you know, like secretary of state, and like knows where all the bodies are buried, and has this weird, you know, witch's laugh. I think she's great personally. I just thought she was a bad campaigner, and she had sure. bad policy. When 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 she it was when it was her and uh, John Edwards and Barack Obama against each other in the primary, I was praying every day for fucking Barack Obama. Because both her- well, yeah, he won. But both her and Edwards were off like the worst possible uh, like excesses of the of the Democratic Party uh, at that time, and even more so in 2016. And I didn't believe a word she said. I think if she had won today, we might very well have a proxy war in Syria against Russia. So I'm and I and that was that was my calculus at the time. And even though I did I still hate Donald Trump to this day, uh, and I hated him at the do- time too. I I thought at the time all of this anti-war rhetoric might he might be called to term for it, and it might affect something in a way that like we get out of Syria, and like Hillary Clinton's going to get us in a bigger war in Syria. And all right. I don't know that that necessarily would have happened in retrospect, but. Like I could see a worst case scenario with Hillary, and I can see a worst case scenario with Trump, and the Trump one has happened. But
3: <laughs> yeah, I couldn't see anything with Trump, and and we we are making the same mistake. Still, some of the things you said, you're judging her because she's a woman. Like says, well, if she'd have made these mistakes, if she were a man, you'd let that go. You're saying her oh. long political career, it wasn't her who's long, nailed, it wasn't woman. her long political career. It was her husband's long political career. Yeah. Career. Male equivalent. She served one Senate term and four years as Secretary of State. That's, that's not that big of uh, a political career. So she, you well, know. No, she was
0: a senator for a long time, too.
3: Now, uh, six years. Uh, did she do one term?
0: Yes. Yeah, okay, so but but during that time she uh, she introduced flag burning legislation. She like voted for the Iraq war, she voted for homeland security. She was not only yeah. she, people call her a neoliberal.
3: she was a neocon. She was but she was active. So what can you say <laughs> oh, for Okay, us in politics. So you've got to throw it back to us uh Jack, you you uh you're preaching and and we've got two right, more go all right. Okay. No, not just me. I'm just saying, Andrew and Mike. I'm sure they have something to say. M- Mike,
0: I imagine you're a Gary Johnson uh, voter in uh, 2016. What? Uh, what did you? What was your assessment?
2: I did have a drink with the candidate I voted for. Yeah, uh, voted for Gary <laughs> Johnson, of course. I did used to live in New Mexico shortly too. Uh, you can say how long of a actual political career Hillary Clinton had, but her career as being in the spotlight and making political opinions has been very very long even if she wasn't in any kind of elected or appointed office uh and i felt the same way you did and uh in 2016 i was happier that uh hillary lost than i would have been if trump lost and i would be happy for either of them to lose uh i'm feeling the opposite way this time around, which is I'll be happier for Trump to lose, even though I think Joe Biden is one of the most disgusting people ever as well. And I think he has a long track record that's probably worse than Hillary's. I just like, like we all just said, we didn't know about Trump. And I don't think right. we have played out any kind of worst case scenario with Trump. There isn't a wall. That's a, I, I knew <laughs> 2016, there's never gonna be a wall. There isn't one now. He hasn't done half the shit he talks about. If anybody should be mad at him, it's actually Republicans. Uh, you know, If a Democrat did a lot of what Donald Trump has done, they'd be ripped shit, but it's their guy, so they don't care. Um,
0: Pitts, I think that leads us to the next topic, pretty good. Um, and I'm sorry, Mike,
2: I caught you off there.
0: I, I, I just did want to hear from you in case Andrew had
1: anything to say about uh, how we got here. But I guess considering it, it was a while before you since you voted, um, Andrew, I guess what were you expecting in 2016? What were you what were you expecting? Were you hoping for anything, or were you kind of just tuning it out? I
4: was um, of the mindset that Donald Trump. Even though I didn't like him then, was the lesser evil um, because I'd rather Donald Trump. What I perceive Donald Trump's ineptitude over uh, Hillary Clinton's ability to get stuff done that I didn't want to get done done. I'd rather have a, a, an inept Donald Trump than uh, than a successful Hillary having uh, having the ability to do what I think she would have done.
1: Okay. Uh, Well, that will lead us into the next topic. And let's stick with you, Andrew. Uh, In Trump's inaugural speech, he described uh, American carnage. Um, He said he was going to usher in a new era of politics. What does the term American carnage uh, mean to you? And uh, has he succeeded in eradicating it and ushering a new new era of politics? The the key thing that jumps out to me about when he describes American carnage also is crime in the streets. Uh, that was happening up until 2016 that he said he would eradicate that's part of the American cars. so crime in the streets and immigration policy how do you uh, what do you th- how do you think he's done on that
4: honestly immigration policy was one of my uh, less significant issues um, I I think if we're going to have a border it should be enforced but it's not top on my priority list um, in terms of uh, Crime, I, I think overall crime has been trending down before Trump was president, and outside of all of the things happening this year, it was still trending downward. It's not really, Trump's not really a factor, or um, I, I consider him mostly a non-factor in terms of the issue of crime. Anthony,
1: do you think Trump could have done a better job if he had surrounded himself with better people, even if they're conservative, but they're Republicans, but better people? And do you think that their revolving door policy, the, like not, not unspoken policy, uh, do you think the turnover rate has uh, has had an effect on their on their efficacy?
3: Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, first rule: you if, uh, you're in charge. You don't know something. You get somebody who does know it surround yourself with good people. Um, I think he has a problem with anybody who may be smarter than him. You've seen it with uh, Dr. Fauci and who, who knows more, he, he fears people who know more than him. I, I think he w- would not have a problem getting reelected. He was popular for whatever wrong reasons, he wouldn't have had to even do that. If he just kept good people around him, he had some good people, he got rid of them. They didn't agree with, if he did just, if, if he wanted to coast to a second term, he could have listened to his good advisors. I mean, I don't mean like Steve Bannon or mm. any of those ding-a-lings, you know, could have yeah. got some regular Washington guys to go along. He still would have gotten uh, all of the judicial uh, appointees, which is the most important thing he's done, and which is the only reason people like, uh, no, I can't, uh, the Kentucky guy, uh, Nick, Senator, McConnell, oh, Mr. Senator Mr. McConnell, yeah, that they're for him. That's, that is the reason that McConnell he's the smartest guy in the room right now, and stay with him. So he would have gotten that. He'd have had the Senate happy with him, the reps happy with him. He's already a populist. They'd have let him do his you know, yelling or whatever, and he would have gotten something done. He wouldn't have the problem that he had now if he'd have listened to good people that he had in place instead of being afraid of them. So
0: you think that uh, down. Do you think his employment decisions were better on The Apprentice? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I I never saw The Apprentice. <laughs> never. Oh, really? I didn't either. But I know
1: there was one in common to both, which was Amarosa, who did not stick around Omarosa, for very long. And... Who
3: said he was a dingling. You could right. you could overcome. Wasn't Pendjelad all... appointed to something? Uh, anyway, uh, remember we thought that uh, W was uh, worst president in the world. Yeah. You know, before Still he came great. along, and W just he, he appointed good people. It's like, I don't know any, all I know is baseball. You and I was just a baseball commissioner. I appoint some good people. They do everything, you know, mm-hmm. he could have cruised through. So he's, he's a dumbass. ass. All right. I, I think
0: you're giving, I think the the thing that you're accusing me of doing with Hillary, you're uh, uh, because she's a woman, you're, you're, you're giving, you're giving too much credit to George W. Bush because he's a man. They're both <laughs> neocons to me.
3: Uh <laughs> I I do, and I I'm going to tell you that I, I'm probably a, a little I'm much more softer on W than whatever I I don't know why I I liked his dad. That He's that's one of the. Reasons.
0: He had those little nicknames, you know, like it, like he was he was charming.
3: Yeah, <laughs> he was a dingling too, but you I know,
0: recently bias
4: may apply there.
0: No offense. His, his grandpa was a Nazi. I know that. Preston uh, Bush. Sorry, who is? Whose uh,
3: white grandfather back then wasn't? Come on. <laughs>
0: yeah, true. We can drink to that.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: so so uh, speaking of, of firing people, uh, I'm going to I'm going to throw this to Mike. Um, was Trump within his rights to fire James Comey for the for investigating Russian interference in the election? Was it obstruction of justice when he fired James Comey or something else? The third option
2: yeah i I don't know there was I don't think there was anything specifically maybe illegal about it in a sense, just giving the way the roles are defined, but it was the wrong thing to do, and it made um the ability of uh, the FBI to do its job, whatever that may be, you know, uh, a lot harder. and Trump did it specifically because he was the subject. right. um, you know. It's not like he ruined some other investigation that had nothing to do with him he specifically ruined an investigation of himself right uh, and i think when uh, the president
0: he- does it it's not illegal that's For the them. worst nixon i've ever i've ever heard or done i uh, thought
1: nixon's but, ghost uh bombed the zoom call
0: i know i need john davidson in here um yeah. but uh the uh he's made that art like that was like a gaffe from Nixon but like the I will say this is the thing that I like uh about Trump is that he says uh the quiet parts out loud he says the stuff you're not like all the like he's not really even dog whistling anything he's just he's just like you know, like, uh, how do you, calling his dog, basically. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it is it's kind of, refreshing. he's actually made the arguments that, or I mean, his lawyers have, that because, you know, he's a sitting president, he can't, like, do crimes. Um, at least that's that's my understanding of it. I don't know how much you followed it, Andrew.
1: Yeah, Andrew, I'm curious uh, your take on this.
4: on comey or the nixon quote
1: on comey but also i mean we, we wrapped up into this what when trump fired comey was it obstruction of justice was it legitimate or uh, was it within his rights and all that being asked and when does, something, does that make it legal yeah is the president allowed to break the law
4: believing in rule of law hell no um there if the president uh breaks a law um there should be consequences. There are issues with them being enforced in regards to the presidency. But um, I, I, I absolutely think just cause you're in a high place doesn't mean laws shouldn't be enforced uh, to your benefit or I uh, get to your detriment. And so how uh, does your opinion, um, your opinion on uh, him firing James Comey? I, I think in terms of Comey, I think he should, I, I think the right thing to do would have just let Comey continue the investigation um i think he made a mistake i'm not sure if that amounts to obstruction of justice but definitely uh the wrong move there uh, at least politically at least in terms of the public's perception
0: you're not sure about legally um we should probably talk about charlottesville as long as we're talking about
1: the same thing yeah especially because your your single issue is freedom of speech so at charlottesville we had uh uh, we had good people on both sides. So there's, there's, according to the president. So, uh, while I will guess and correct me if I'm wrong, I will guess that you will defend everyone in Charlottesville, right? Everyone's right to, to say their piece in those in the Charlottesville uh, protests. But do you think that the Trump, that President Trump had a responsibility to denounce the Nazis and far right racists, so on? uh, members of the Charlottesville protests?
4: There's a little bit of nuance to that in terms of, I think, uh, one, um, I think you should denounce, uh, I I think in terms of responsibility, I don't think anybody has a responsibility to say or not say anything from a free speech standpoint. I think, uh, he definitely flubbed uh, what he should have said. He should have said violence is bad, but um, it's okay. He forgot to mention it. Well,
1: considering that uh, a lot of people uh, tend to to listen to what Trump says, don't don't you think it's pretty important that he tells those people <laughs> exactly that that violence is bad, and maybe that that
4: hate and racism are bad. I think if you. I think you should already. That's stuff that should already know living in a free society however um david duke doesn't when he, said, when he said i'm sorry david duke doesn't though or like you know
0: richard spencer there are these people that are that are specifically um evoking trump using trump to, as a as a not
4: nowadays um, not not, not nowadays uh, not nowadays richard spencer endorsed biden yeah,
0: but that's I mean he's he's trolling. I mean you you can you know he's trolling. I mean like he's I think I think Richard Spencer is always I don't trolling. I don't think he's but trolling.
4: I think he's just at the,
0: time, at the time we're talking about Charlottesville, there was a march going on where there were people with people with tiki torches saying Jews will not replace us. And they were, and they were very all pretty pro-Trump. David Duke. I think uh, I
4: think that still falls under their First Amendment free speech rights. I'm I'm Jewish myself. I don't think I don't think people should say those things. But I absolutely that's relevant I, to the
0: topic we're talking about. We're talking about Trump saying uh, I, thought about I thought you were
4: talking about physical violence. I thought you're talking about the physical violence that happened after the fact.
0: Well, well, yeah, one guy did run over someone. But, it, but what we're talking specifically is, is Trump, Trump's inability to, uh, you know, uh, in, emphatically denounce white supremacists. Even in like, like even today, uh, like even in the last few debates, and we'll talk about the debates in a bit. Uh, he, he can't say, I, I denounce white supremacists without saying he an, an, denounces anti-funds and black lives matter in the same breath you know like he he's he just like he's always somewhat nudge nudge wink winking at these you know racist people i mean whether he's doing it intentionally or not it's it's like the the idea that like he he can't make a clear message suggests that he's is doing it intentionally doesn't it
4: I, I don't, I don't agree. I I don't think he, uh, I think he's, he's even, he's denounced the Proud Boys. He reluctantly denounced the Proud Boys, but the Proud Boys aren't even a white supremacist group. Um, he has denounced, uh, he, he's denounced all these people, so I, I, I don't understand why he has to keep doing it.
0: Well, just maybe without making a snarky comment after doing it each time. So I'm going to move on to
1: uh, promises kept, and I want to ask Mike about this. Um, Trump uh, Proponents of Trump will say that he's done well on North Korea, Syria, ISIS, Israeli-Arab relations, uh, losing the Affordable Care Act mandate, uh, a decent economy, and lower Black unemployment during his presidency. Mike, what do you think about those accomplishments? Um, how many of them were inherited? Uh, did he, are, they, are they worthy, worthy of note? Um, are, they, are they bullshit?
2: I think a lot of them are bullshit. Uh, inherited, is a word to use. I think some things were already trending that way. But what are his biggest promises? Those were little promises. His biggest promises was uh, pay back the deficit. Uh, pay back the debt, I mean. He increased it more than any president we ever had. It's the exact opposite of what he promised. To build a wall, there isn't one. Lock her up. She hasn't been. Uh, and just go to what he actually does do as well. Again, if a Democrat uh, raised the tobacco age to 21, Republicans would be ripshit. If a Democrat said into the microphone, take the guns first, do due process second, Republicans would be rip shit if a Democrat banned bump stocks and silencers. Republicans would be rip shit if a Democrat raised all these tariffs. Republicans would be rip shit. He doesn't do. He isn't what he pretends to be. He's a guy who talks shit. That's what he does. He owns the libs, and so he could. He is a lifelong Democrat who governs like a lifelong Democrat. The only re, you know you never hear. Uh, Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, uh, critique his trade policy because it's their trade policy. And if they were in there doing it, if they were in there putting up these trade wars, doing these bailouts, raising these tariffs, they would be what they promised to be. It's what Trump is actually doing now, the difference is he's got an R next to his name, so Republicans suddenly don't care. They don't care what he actually does or doesn't do because he doesn't do anything. They care that and he he is this mascot of what they want a president to be. He's a symbol, and it's a terrible one. But I can see if you're a person who wants to own the libs and talk shit and, you know, be a big swinging dick, then, yeah, you need to keep voting for Donald Trump because he's going to keep on doing that stuff on Twitter. But if you actually care about the policies of politicians, he's not delivering on anything substantial that he promised, not even close. He's done the opposite on most of it.
0: Yep. I think we should uh let A- Andrew uh, respond to that but uh, I will say, I will say another nice thing about Trump is he's the funniest president. Most uh uh intentionally and unintentionally funniest president we've ever had. Um uh George W Bush was the most unintentionally funny, Barack Obama might be the most intentionally funny and and uh Trump put it together. First one to put it together. <laughs>
1: But let's see. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to agree to disagree on that. I mean, well, maybe if if you oh, you only can't. One that, you, how do you disagree on that? The only one that meets both of those things. But indeed, like, I mean, he's Andy Kaufman. But he it's doesn't. He, his unintentional part is not as good as W's, and his intentional part is not as good as Obama's. He's just the only one. That I
0: agree. Okay.
1: I agree. All right. Sacrificed <laughs> a
0: little bit of each.
1: Okay, but let's hear what uh, Andrew's thoughts on uh, Trump's uh, accomplishments.
4: I will say first, I like having a wrestling heel as a guy who likes wrestling when wrestling didn't suck. I like having a old school wrestling heel as president. In terms of the accomplishments, I will say uh, part of it is actually inherited from Obama in terms of uh, the energy boom we had before COVID. I will say uh, lowering regulations and uh, lowering taxes. I know my taxes I've, I, I, in 2018 and 2019, I saved thousands of dollars. I, I mean, overall, Trump's a mediocre president, but he's, uh, from how I look at it, he's better than a lot of what we've had in my lifetime, at least. Do you think that he should have been able to
1: appoint a Supreme Court justice eight days before uh, the election day? considering uh, that in 2016, uh, Scalia died in February. They appointed, uh, they uh, they nominated Garland in March 2016, and even that was too early for the Republican Party.
4: Um, two things. One, I think, I'm pretty sure you got the days wrong. I think the SCOTUS was confirmed eight days before the election, was nominated a few weeks before. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. Um, There's a there's a big difference you have in uh, in 2016, you have a Democratic president, a Republican held
1: Senate. The fact that there's a Republican held Senate means that Republican senators are representing the American people. But if you think about how 30 Republican senators represent the same amount of people as two California senators, I mean, and, and, and also that none of that came up in 2016. It wasn't that they had a, who was in control of the Senate. It was that this is an election year. That was the only, that was the argument. It's an election year.
4: In that case, uh, I think Republicans are wrong in 2016 and right in 2020. Okay. All right. So
0: do you think honor enters into something like
4: this? Like, you do, or,
0: or, you know, um, you know, tr- Trump also ran to, like, he said he'd, like, to some extent, he'd, like, he'd run, you know, re- making deals, reaching across the aisle and appealing to more liberal uh, people uh, in the country as well, like, and, you know, this could have been his opportunity. He could have, he could have uh, nominated uh, Merrick Garland, you know, as soon as the thing opened up and, and and you know, just like, as a, as a BLA, like as a respect thing you know but he did that,
4: that would have been that would have been funny f- funny for sure if he had that would have been an interesting move for sure
1: and to be yeah. fair no one no one would have done that <laughs> if it were the other way yeah. around the democrats no. wouldn't have done it either no no, no but,
0: but I, I I agree but well i actually i don't he know would have
3: gotten like, a term.
4: what's that I
0: think that it would he'd be cruising to a second term if he did that exactly that's what I'm saying like and he's already filled two seats and oh and he and he's so he's always already going to have a majority in any case like now he's going to have a three six majority like majority and I just think it just it, it plays against his uh, narrative that he's not a republic like he's not a party. Uh, tool. I think I think every time he's had the opportunity to do what the the Republican Party's bidding, he's done it.
4: Yeah, that's, that's an interesting take. And I agree with Anthony. I think that would have definitely helped his polling for sure. If he had actually done that, but I don't think anyone would have thought to do that. I definitely hadn't thought of that as a would have been an interesting move for sure definitely would have changed changed things we can only dream
0: uh so i think that's the 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 main we can only all, only dream about um uh, uh trump uh cruising uh to a a second term with a uh landslide victory because i think whether or not he wins this i don't think he's going to win the popular. And whether it's
1: a dream or a nightmare, is up to you.
4: Yeah, yeah exactly. I it's, agree it's, that he it's, loses it's, the popular. All the
3: Republican presidents in the past thirty years have lost the popular. Since Reagan, I think, have lost the popular. So,
0: yeah, I believe and, and, uh, I
1: believe H W got the popular, but I might be wrong.
4: I think, I think W got popular in two thousand four. If I if I'm not mistaken, I think he actually won the popular vote against Kerry. I have to. I think you're
0: right. Yeah, um, and uh, but it's definitely happened that there's been a, a divide between the popular and the electoral more in modern history than, uh, I mean, like more in the last 20 years than um, I think ever before.
1: Um, I did look up 2004 recently out of curiosity, and the, he Bush did, I looked at up again just now, Bush did win popular vote, but by such a narrow margin, 3 million, which is really? crazy thinking about, I mean, I was young, I was, I was very young, so I wasn't paying attention, but that's a very narrow margin.
0: We're going to talk about the democratic primaries next. And I'm going to do the same thing we did with the, uh, the Trump first year, cause there's too many. Um, but, there's like 20 people. So we're, I'm just going to say a name and get quick takes, basically. And I'm going to start on Warren. And Anthony, I know you are a Warren supporter in the general. And uh, and I think we should fight about it.
3: <laughs> we should fight about it. You know, <laughs> I I, <laughs> I think she had the most real world exp- uh, experience. We are talking right. earlier about the supposedly how long hillary clinton had been in she had actual long-term experience and she wanted to push what was going on further left which is all right with me yeah so that is why i was for she so with with all of her experience she saw like hey we still need to push this thing further we still need to do Buddy, get a little it.
0: more in frame again. You're you're like you're cutting off. I you can only see your. Oh. I can't see your eyebrows. I'm sorry.
3: I, my, my uh production assistant has left me, so <laughs> right, right. Lillian's, got, Lillian's in no, the you, room. I don't know what's going you on. You just there, fixed so. it.
0: I I don't like. I don't know who I'm talking to if I if I don't see your dreads. So uh, I, I, yeah, I I think that she could put, like she was definitely uh, to the left, like helped move the party to the left definitely had uh, uh great debate performances definitely had a uh, great real world experience all, all of the all of the little like the things in uh that i wanted out of hillary clinton only she had actually had them you know yeah. and like and i i think she very promptly squandered every one of them like what? i think I think with the Pocahontas thing, like there, I'm just saying she could have left that alone. She didn't.
3: And if she weren't a woman, would you be all right with her? Like, you know, I can't leave. I got to fight. We're we're talking about uh, Trump is president, so he can't leave anything alone. He picks it up and he tweets. So if she weren't a woman and she's like, well, you know what? I can't leave that. It's like talking about my mother. I got to go after you. got to slap you. Well, i right i was
0: you as you know i was for bernie sanders in the general so or in the primary so um i well, i, pers-
3: both so became- I pers-
0: no i know you think he's too, too old but i listen to everything he says so i know that no matter you know what she did uh she could never have won the presidency because she's a woman
3: yes so <laughs> all right there you go a, no matter well, what she no. did she couldn't win Dude, was a,
0: you, you remember that controversy where uh, supposedly Bernie Sanders told Elizabeth Warren in private, no, you can't win because you're a woman. That sounds I, so much like Bernie it. Sanders.
3: I, I believe her. I believe he said it. And I uh, believe you know
0: it's-, what? it's irrelevant i i maybe she maybe you said it why make that a public issue when you're the only two candidates that are fighting for medicare for all you're the only left coalition that you're that you would even have anything and you and she and she decides to pick a fight with them.
3: because because you're fighting for it first of all so you're saying that she should have dipped she should have said all right okay i'm gonna let you go ahead and and have it i America. think there was
0: a They're fighting. i think there Is was a fight yeah, but dude, why I'm saying like attack the moderates. Why not just attack the moderates until you see what which ones uh are is better, is more ahead, and then and then like one drops out, endorses the other. They gotta be strategic. And and Bernie was not as strategic as he should have been either. But sure. I'm just saying, like, I think Warren was just a really bad politician the whole time. Considering how much she had you know, to bring to the table, you know?
3: If I the Democrats were good, they wouldn't have to worry about that. They they would have gotten somebody through in 2016. They would have gotten Hillary Clinton, to, you know, wouldn't have been the Sanders fight. After they lost that, if they were good, they would have been putting a candidate or pushing someone up front right after that instead of waiting for all of it, for whatever the field was, the the uh the party field twenty people or something, they would have been pushing some people right after they lost two thousand sixteen. So the Democratic Party has not been good at getting things. They haven't. They just have not been good at getting things done.
0: Yeah, but but Warren is a big part of that, and we would probably be sure. We yes. would probably be have have as part of our our if if we'd kept on fighting. Like we probably could have had Medicare for all as part of the party platform. And as a result of of her bad political moves, and Bernie Sanders, too, but yes. Bernie also brought like moved the party to the left more than any other candidate
3: in yeah. um, history. But, but it was a fight. They should have been doing it in two thousand and sixteen by the time we came to two thousand nineteen, we should have already had one or two people that we were firmly behind. They were ready to go. It would have cost a lot less money to do. We'd have, we'd have been fighting a long time ago. We wouldn't have wasted energy. We would have exposed so much of Trump's things long ago. They should have been doing that. And and so if, let's hope it doesn't happen, they lose this election, do we have somebody that we're pushing forward? It uh, won't be well, Kamala Harris because she's a woman. Well, and- that, that leads me to the next thing.
0: Who was the most insufferable candidate to you? Ugh.
3: one name you know the <laughs> one name uh one you name. know i i if you I can just pronounce have it. Pe- i have my answer i just have petty stuff for for people after that cuz uh come on one name yeah yeah uh, one name who was the worst uh, one Maybe Cory Booker.
0: I don't know. Oh, Cory Booker. I forgot about Cory Booker. No, the, yeah. the, the, the most I'm annoying. I'm with you person on that, has,
4: Anthony too. Thank you. That?
0: I don't like Cory Booker, but the most annoying person has to stay in the fight longer than Cory Booker did, and um, at least you know, at least he had a cute girlfriend go show up to uh, a. Oh Argy. God. Yeah, yeah. So Rosario Dawson was good eye candy, at least for that. Uh, Pete Buttigieg was was the answer we were looking for. Most insufferable <laughs> candidate. I um I, I, I didn't like him one bit. Uh <laughs> I thought uh he, like he would have been a disaster in the general. Not because he's gay, just because he's annoying. Uh, he you, like, can, I, you've you.
1: always been a homophobe, okay?
0: I know, You're seriously for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> well i uh the people that uh uh hated hated him the most it seems like were my gay friends so i'm <laughs> i'm i'm representing that to that uh perspective right now bad um,
1: representative yeah
0: i, I want to go to uh mike and andrew for a minute did either of you guys like andrew yang he had some conservative crossover appeal
2: yeah andrew yang um Every time he said, I'm the only uh, candidate that appeals to Republicans, Democrats, and Libertarians, I said, no, you do not. <laughs> and uh, every time he uh, advertised that we need an Asian guy who's good at math to be president, I said, great, do you know any? Because uh, I don't think he had it. But uh, I, going back oh, is to what that, you guys Is that
0: an indictment of the universal basic in- income? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, and his misunderstanding I- of Libertarian support for it. Uh, but also it's feasibility under the way in which he wanted to implicate it. But uh, I didn't want to point out since uh, misogyny keeps coming up, but I haven't brought it up that unlike all you misogynistic pussy grabbers, I am voting for a woman this year.
0: Well, you must admit that like, you know, we have, uh, we, we, you, you must admit we have uh, uh, about enough money at any given point for you know to give to wars and big banks and whatever i mean a thousand dollars a a a month compared to that doesn't seem like too insane
2: no it's not I too mean, insane and especially if you cut those things to do it that was never his plan
0: well i think it was his plan for some of it he was he was uh but he he maybe wanted he to to add a
2: tax on top of all the existing taxes to pay for it
0: right, right right but he also cannibalized welfare a little bit and that was uh criticism he had from the left
2: yeah um a little bit
0: okay andrew did you uh did you like uh yang or gabbard i should bring tulsi gabbard into this too because she's the other one who uh uh had some enjoyed some success across the uh political spectrum but in, in, in very else other ways
4: I definitely Mike, pretty much covered what I think about Yang, especially the UBI. I think it would be a good, um, as was already mentioned, uh, a good solution to the welfare state. But since it wasn't presented as such, just more waste of our money and more of a tilt towards soft socialism. Um, In terms of Gabbard, I think she would have been the best opponent for Donald Trump. But um, in terms of uh, I'm not a fan, but it would have been it would have it would have been a choice for me if Gabbard uh, was running against Donald Trump in the general.
0: Well, you should ask who the best candidate against Donald Trump should be to uh, everybody's dad, because uh, they were all saying Klobuchar. I I was not. not. I, I think
5: like,
0: I, I think Gillibrand or Gabbard. Gillibrand is interesting. I, I she was in uh, for for some of her ads. She said uh, she she was basically like uh, making her fundraising events have a have some whiskey with Gillibrand, which yeah. appealed to me. Part, you know, uh, p- partially as a bartender, but also partially really wanting to get a, a, a presidential candidate drunk. Um, and whiskey works the quickest on that. Um, and I also uh, would
4: disagree. With you. I think Buttigieg would have been a good uh, opponent for Trump,
0: too. Mike, did you have any thoughts on Sanders in general? Or imagine you think the same thing as you thought about Yang?
2: Well, Andrew said exactly what I've said about Sanders this entire time. He would have won in 2016, but he wouldn't have been able to win in 2020. Uh, I think the Democrats, as far as running against Trump, did the best they could do with Biden. I think he's going to win. I think Klobuchar could have won, too. My favorite was Tulsi.
4: Sanders also sold out a lot. Um, in terms of his, some of his positions, uh, between <laughs> not not during 2016, but since 2016. Is it cold? And um, who was your? Stick? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you. Were and right. also, also the fact that he endured, I know he had to, but the fact that he endorsed Hillary really rubbed me the wrong way in 2016. Um, And I'm sure it rubbed a lot of people that would have voted for Sanders in 2020 that wouldn't have, because that happened.
0: Interesting. Um, Which, which candidate in the primary were your least favorites?
4: Uh, well, like, like I had agreed with Corey, uh, with Anthony, uh, Corey Booker, um, didn't like, uh, I also found uh, Harris to be quite insufferable during the campaign too. She had one good performance, then then dropped like a rock after that because she couldn't hang. And she's just in general, she she's uh, you know care, the term Karen usually applies to white blonde women, but I think I think the meme applies to her. She's just a Karen of a different color. In what way? She's the she's the PTA board mom that just wags her finger and tells you you're, you're misbehaving. That's exactly how she comes off. Is, is it possible that like uh, Anthony was
1: talking about earlier that, that mis- like if she were a man and said all the exact same things, how would you feel about her then? Like, like I, would
4: absolutely, I would absolutely consider her. I, I would absolutely consider a man the same way I consider her behaving the same way would you call him a karen well, yeah would you would you well, call no, I wouldn't the, call him a karen i would call term him some, of, some other some other name some other name that's pertinent for a guy that's a karen
0: uh so, well, well, yeah honest. what is uh yeah, the, but there is no term for a, a
4: guy that's a karen really is there a chad well, i don't think I, yeah better. chad doesn't work either but i yeah i mean there's also the fact Actor that I don't think a lot of guys act that way. <laughs> uh, just Anthony. Banging.
0: Yes. Where have you been? You just missed Andrew calling uh, 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 Ka- Kamala Harris uh, Karen of a different color.
3: Uh, well, I had to put the uh, girls to bed oh, and okay. uh, Pete. Oh, so, what did you think Bella of the car?
0: Karen? All uh, right. uh, yeah, a Karen of a different
3: color. All right, I'm going to tell you why that's not possible because she went to an HBCU. And if there's anybody who's down to what's going uh, you know, what kind of kicks in the teeth that black men have to get, it would be somebody from Howard University, she's from, and someone from uh, her sorority. Alpha Kappa Alpha, although my family's Delta, historically black sorority. There's no way she's a Karen. She may be a bougie black. People call me a bougie black. That's all right with whatever. But Karen, no, no, no way. Bourgeoisie black. Um, (laughs) Bougie. You got to say it right, Jack. (laughs) Bougie. No, 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 no,
0: I'm uh, I'm using the communist way to say it. Uh, Bourgeoisie black.
3: Say it the street uh, way.
0: Do you think that she's been the victim in the primary or, or now of uh, of misogyny or racism, like you, like you, you know, in the same way you thought uh, Elizabeth Warren or Hillary Clinton was?
3: Yeah, of course, <laughs> I mean that that goes oh, yeah. without saying. I don't think she's. The All best. right,
0: so because we're, we're going to talk about his him as a selection and uh, for Biden and Biden Harris in general uh, in a second. Pitts, you want to do clout chasing? Let's do it, Jack. Let's go after him. Let's get him. We're going to take a little mid discussion break to remind you uh, everyone that we're now on YouTube, and in the tradition of the first time YouTube creators, we decided to throw our limited weight around by clout chasing the same way that every new YouTuber does it so take the time to like and subscribe and enjoy our new segment cloud chaser if
5: i can figure out how to you were thinking I died, bitch surprise, I still got them double thick thighs, french fries, I get down and gobble gobble up, with my booty up, she be going wobble wobble up, here's a big duck, slide slide, slide in the peanut butter, don't sucker, who actually regrets me, my mother, I throw betas with my porn pornhub, betrayer, you nothing but a hater hater, cloud chaser, now it's my favorite Twitch yeah, star. yeah,
0: yeah. Is- alright, so my first cloud chase, is on tim dylan and you guys haven't heard of him maybe uh but but he appeared on that's the point he appeared on uh, uh the joe rogan experience with alex jones with brown coloring in his hair uh and that is both a surreal midlife crisis and a little on the nose for a podcaster most of us have never heard of so that's that's my first clout chase. What do you got,
1: Pitts? All right. I'm going after someone, I don't know if you've heard of her. Her name's AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Ooh. You think just because you got big ideas and you care about equality and helping people and you're 31 years old, you think that you're the only person? I've thought about that stuff too. Just because you're the youngest woman to be elected to Congress and the youngest serving Congress member, you you like I could have done that if I yeah. I'm coming out. You, you're burnt AOC. Okay. Hashtag AEP, not AOC.
0: Oh, okay. Bits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, mine is, uh, I, st- I still haven't ruled out the Ben Shapiro cell phone and WAP controversy, much like certain celebrity cancellations wasn't intentionally done for clicks. And either way, his voice mixed into a song is better than the original, in my opinion. But until he acknowledges what exactly happened with his wife, he ought to keep, we ought to keep bringing it up because there's no unfunny way for that to play out. Hashtag dry ass pussy. All right, pretty good. Pretty good, Jack. Okay. Now I'm coming
1: after somebody. I don't know if you know who this is. I'm coming after somebody called Andy Richter. Okay. I'm coming for you just because you think you think you're the only co-host in town that has any game. Just cause you've been, you and Conan have been doing this for 30 years. You've only been on this iteration of Conan for like a year at best. I've been friends with Jack for eight years. I can do everything. Andy Richter does. You're burnt. Hashtag late night wars.
0: Okay. Uh, pizza. I like the, I like the hashtags. Yeah, but, you know, you. I just the, the point of clout chasing is that you gotta like, you know, you you choose people that are a little more famous than you so that you can you know, kind of kind of like uh, cipher off their fame they're, a little they're bit. They're more famous these than people, me. These guys are more famous. Yeah, than these me. people are. It's it's too much clout to chase. You're never gonna catch I that think clout. I, can, I think I can chase it. I don't know. Uh, I mean, okay, I'm just saying maybe maybe scale down. Uh, but let, let me give you another uh, one. Well, I don't know, Let's maybe know, maybe a little more famous. Um, okay, okay, okay. Now now that the staff of the majority report is drinking on air more, is it just me or am I sensing sparks between Jamie and Sam? As communist anarchist and leftist broadcasters go, they'd make a cute couple. Hashtag left is best.
1: Okay. Pretty See, good. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. Look, like, I think I, Jackie, now their
0: audience. Yeah. You know, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I think I
1: got it. I think I got okay. it. I got one more. I'm coming after somebody. He just like right above us, just like one notch above us. So we're going to get some of it. Okay.
0: Also, it's like, you're just talking, you're comparing yourself to them and like saying that you're cool too. I mean it's I, don't just under,
1: like, I don't understand what you mean.
0: That, that novel. That's all I'm saying. But go I, don't,
1: on. I don't get, I I don't get what you mean.
0: Just give me, give me one more. Let's, let's go one more.
1: It's going to be really good. I think we're going to get some of this out. And uh, Andrew can, can, is with me on this? Okay. This guy's named Patrick Stewart. Okay. Making bald head part of his identity. Like me and Andrew are bald too. Okay. I lost my hair when I was 20 just because I'm not on TV doesn't mean I'm not like a better bald guy than Patrick Stewart. Okay. Come at me, Patrick Stewart. Come at me right now. I'm just right next to the UK. Come get me. Okay. Hashtag to baldly go. I got ah, boldly go.
0: Hell yeah. Great. Like ga- great hashtag. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the rest later, but the good job, buddy. You are a good, bald guy. And that was clout chasing.
5: You were thinking I died. Bitch, surprise, I still got them double thick thighs. French fries, I get down and gobble, gobble up. With my booty up, she be going wobble, wobble up. Here's a big duck, slide, slide in the peanut butter. Don't sucker. Who actually regrets me? My mother, I trove with my porn hub. Betrayer, you nothing but a hater, hater.
0: I think we're going what is the next top, subtopic i think we're covid uh in covid all right we finally made it we're to covid um so we're going to do this chronologically in um so it was in february right that the uh that bob woodward interviewed donald trump uh, Donald Trump said that Xi Jinping just told him that the virus was airborne and that he doesn't want to spread a panic so he's not going to like say anything about it. Then he travel bans on China in February. That was then his next move, right? Uh there was a WHO and CDC testing debacle. They were testing other coronaviruses and each time and it was complicating everything. Um New York and Detroit have insane numbers, highest in the country. Um, there were some success stories around around the world. South Korea did pretty good. Um, New Zealand did pretty good. All of them had like really good testing and tracing and travel bans and um, what, what what else do they have in common? Oh yeah, messaging, messaging. They had really good messaging. Meanwhile, we got uh, Trump not saying it's a hoax but using the word hoax and then also saying like it's fine. Everything's fine. We got going it. It'll go away
1: like a miracle.
0: It'll go away eventually. Don't worry about it. Um we got uh we we got a lockdowns around the country, massive unemployment unemploy- from obviously because everybody's got to shut down and uh the economy Go, go to the toilet for working people, but then they do, they give a bunch of money to banks and the banks prop up. So, um, and then we've got the CARES, CARES Act, the HEROES Act that didn't pass, um, legislative and executive stall, um, stallings. Um, so that brings us up to date. So what would you say, I guess I guess I'll start with Andrew. What what how, what would you say um actually I want to start with Mike because you said that after the election you think it's going to uh kind of get under control. So do you think that this do you think that there's like some politics being played over here? Or, or what do you, or do you accept the science?
2: Oh, you know, what science? Everybody who says follow the science has ignored a few scientists. Uh, so I think it is what it is. Dr. Uh,
0: Fauci, let's just say Dr. Fauci, because he's the, the head one. And Trump
1: um, also says that it is what it is.
0: Uh, you know, I, I think there's... Yeah, but some libertarians don't. <laughs> I mean, like, they're anti-maskers and stuff, so it's worth asking him.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the uh, Barrington Declaration right now. That's Dr. Martin Kulldorff, Professor of Medicine at Harvard University, biostatistician, statistician and epidemiologist. Uh Dr. Yes, Dr. Uh, Sanita Gupta, Professor of, at Oxford University and epidemiologist with x in Immunology, Vaccine Development, and Mathematical Modeling. And Dr. J. Bhattachara, Professor at Stanford University, physician and epidemiologist. Uh, Dr. Dr. is yeah, a virologist.
0: No, what 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 did they say? What do they say though,
2: Mike? That shutdowns aren't the answer. Okay. And I don't believe that either. And I guess it's a virus, and yes, it's killing people. And yes, it has to be dealt with. But I don't know when we've ever dealt with it in such a way. Or when, like you started the show with. Where is the government testing? Where is the government testing? Where was the government testing for any other virus that's ever occurred? Like, why so, is that a sudden um, expectation to, of government? To be fair, this well, is- Well, not as many people are dying. I don't, dying. I don't believe it's uh, not
1: in, in modern history, it is. It just, I mean, I,
2: how so is the it- Hong Kong flu uh, killed about an equal amount of the population. The which flu? Hong Kong. The Hong, Hong Kong, Kong flu. flu. Well, I, I don't
1: know if I've heard of that one. Yeah.
4: Hong Kong flu. I don't know it. Woodstock happened the same year, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. But
2: we do know that the flu killed eighty thousand people just a few years ago. And what was? Where was all the goddamn government testing then? You know, if um, you're, you're going to draw a distinction like there's a magic line at a hundred thousand that eighty thousand doesn't touch or something like that, I mean the virus is a fact of life it is something that happens i don't think we're going to see um you know in the end if you chalk up the number of people who died in 2020 it's not going to look much different than 2015 16 17 18 or 19. i don't think you'd be able to pick them out uh if they weren't
0: labeled my whole point with the with talking about the testing was that you know, this was a mysterious thing, we knew it was airborne, we knew it spread like crazy and, and was was lethal, killed people. Um, we, uh, And it's killing more people here than anywhere. My whole point with testing is as long as we're shutting down, as long as we're being careful, wearing masks, doing all of these things on our part, the only way that, that we can actually um, effectively dig our way out is by providing the testing on the government's part and instead they're giving us these trash seven days for results tests which do no one any good we need asymptomatic people to like take it on the regular and then like quarantine themselves tests. if they have what's that
2: they are trash tests as well so what do we know about the numbers
0: well no i'm saying like we we, we i'm sure we're getting positive results from the seven day test but in that seven days are they quarantining Probably not they're asymptomatic like it's just pointless whether you you accept you know accept that as a problem that we have to worry about or not, if we're going to address things a certain way you know and try to work it out a certain way this is the only this is what we came up with and we're not even going on according to our
2: own plan. We found out in late April from Italy that was already hit much harder that 99% of all the people that died in that country from the COVID-19 were people who already had hypertension, diabetes, or both. So that why we found that out in April. This isn't hindsight anymore. That was front and center. Why didn't we start making our measures uh, just let's let's take that population and protect them. Why did we shut down an entire economy? Well, I can tell you that- False imposed depression.
1: I can tell you that maybe some of those people would not have died if the hospitals hadn't been overloaded with COVID cases, if it hadn't spread as much. Because what happened in Italy, sorry, what happened in Italy was that doctors had to make a decision of who to treat. And so there were people that had pre-existing conditions that were old, that Italian doctors had to say, We have to let this person die so that we can divert our resources to someone who might be able to be treated and recover from this. So if the hospitals, if they didn't have to make those choices.
2: who died with coronavirus in their system, died with those two pre-existing conditions. It wasn't like, no, Mr. Diabetic, don't come in.
1: It it was like that.
0: It was like that.
2: I'm talking about cadavers that tested positive for the virus.
0: You're saying that the virus didn't kill them because they had comorbidities,
2: right? I'm saying they were at a higher risk and that we knew that, and obviously there's another 1% that died just from the virus or just from the virus and something else. But if we knew that people could get this virus, but 99% of them who were going to die were the people with these comorbidities, why don't we start making a plan around protecting those people?
0: Well, I, I don't know how to do that without getting regular testing to those of us who don't, who aren't, don't, don't have symptoms because we don't, we could spread it. To, it's basically anybody that's most in our society, all the people with your, these, I was, I, I didn't quite catch that. I'm going to, i like, but I like, I'm saying that like th- these people all have comorbidities are generally the oldest, poorest and sickest of of us in our society, the chances that those of us that are that are not or like are not experiencing um, symptoms or whatever will never interact with them again, as opposed to us getting regularly testing and taking us ourselves out of the equation every so often. Then, like, I mean, yeah, if we can, it, it, like, we're pretty much choosing. I don't know how to how to like how to do that without like throwing them into camps or like or, you know, that's deciding that's fine. it's fine that they all die, you know, you give them all right, go, go ahead. Mike, 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 one second. You're 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 getting really muddly. I can't hear your audio. Uh, tr- Try uh, say what you're going to say, but say it pretty, pretty loud and clearly,
2: you let them self quarantine, you give them a pass from work, you give them a pass from school, you keep people away from them. And not forever, not for 20 years, not for 50 years. This is our first experience with this particular virus, but it is a coronavirus, just like the common cold, just like the SARS epidemic of 2009. Uh, this is why it's SARS-2. We know these things fizzle out, so let them stay at home. And yeah, you'd have to do testing, but this idea that it's the most important thing, like how many SARS-1 tests did you take? But did- That's 90 million people.
0: Yeah, but again, where, I mean, and, and I, because I can't speak to China's uh, response to, you know, like, or, or any other government's response, but I just, I know ours, uh, like the amount of people are dying now, and I can see wh- how other countries it's are dealing with it, and down. I can see
2: how we're dealing way down. Go on, go on, sorry. the the amount of people dying has gone way down, and stayed way down. It's still high, and it's still going to affect people, and people should still take precautions.
0: I, I don't I don't see your your solution. You said that they don't need to like the people in our, most vulnerable in our society uh, have to stay have to stay home and, and stay quarantined and not forever. I don't see how they're not going to do it forever when there are going to be people in our society, healthy people that can always spread it to them. If it just passes around to healthy people or those
2: without comorbidities. We can look at the death count. We can look at the provincial discount on the CDC website. We know it's much lower than it was just a few months ago and then we know it hasn't spiked at all. The cases have spiked, the death rate hasn't. We know this thing is fizzling out. We had a SARS-1. This is SARS-2. We had a SARS-1. We know coronavirus patterns. We know it doesn't last forever. So Yes, maybe I don't know exactly how long you stay sheltered in place, but you can just take a look at the death rate. You know that it's much lower now than it was before, and maybe you start making your own decision when it's time to come out. And yeah, testing is important. I'm not saying never get a coronavirus test. I'm just saying the fact that you found it so egregious that these things weren't so readily available, and that's never happened before. I mean, it's like I can't Well, believe none of this, this has happened before. <laughs> before hasn't happened exactly correctly the first time.
0: Yeah. Well. Okay. So I, I I think that if we had approached things like you, I don't know that I would have uh, endorsed it, or that like, like you're you're suggesting, I don't know that I would. I would think it was a good idea, but we didn't. We chose lockdowns, and we chose uh, you know we chose uh, almost you know closing businesses. Everybody About wearing a mask. Very
2: What's that? It was a voluntary recession.
0: Yeah. So, so where is the testing in, in 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 concert with that? That's that was my whole point. As long as you're doing it, you should do it, right?
1: Yeah, and I would say just. Uh, I know that there are people that are against the ideas of lockdowns in general, but one thing that I was seeing as I was looking home to Michigan from from here in Western Europe. Uh, one one of the things that bothered me the most was that people were protesting the lockdown, whereas here we had lockdowns also. But the difference was if you lost, like if you couldn't work because of the lockdown, the government took care of you. And like, so if the government, if the US government was taking care of the citizens that couldn't work and not just giving them 1200 bucks and a little extra unemployment, then they wouldn't have had to protest the lockdown. So I felt like they were protesting the wrong thing. Um, and, and that to me was it was a key issue that that here we could have lockdowns without it having an impact on someone's personal finances and in the US, it just wasn't possible because the US just won't take care of its citizens. That's my, that was my view.
3: Alex, I absolutely agree with you. And the the last thing Evan, I didn't get to read the paper today, the Times, but uh, what I hear is that McConnell is not even thinking about a new stimulus until January. So what uh, scares me for the lockdown is that I won't have money coming in to do what I need to do. I totally agree with you. You, I think you hit it on the head. Take care of your citizens. Everything we're talking about, healthcare, take care of your citizens. Everything we're talking about is US not taking care of their citizens. And uh that's a problem. I totally agree with maybe you. We, you're lucky you're Maybe over we can,
4: I maybe we also can do really it. wanted to add I agree with Alex somewhat that you know if you were going to i I openly oppose the lockdowns. Uh I think Mike has said has said why very well. Um, but um if the government is going to force lockdowns, if the government's gonna force a business to close its doors. They should be compensated uh, due to government forcing you out of business, out of work. But I also think more of that should have been handled at the state level because the states are the governments enforcing the lockdowns.
3: Um, I think well, he was it, saying, I'm sorry, Jeff. Yeah. I think he was saying that the government should support small businesses too, like if they're locked down to make sure that they're all set. And I think that what uh, President Trump is having a problem with like Gretchen Whitmer shutting things down to protect the citizens and taking care of them. So, uh, you know, she wants to do it the, the correct way, I think, and he's against that. The government, think- what, which goes back to what I have always asked, what does the government do then if you're not taking care of its citizens? You need to lock it down to keep everybody safe. Then you make sure everybody has enough money to get food, pay their bills, you know, utilities, rent. So, you know, I don't think he's been doing that. Let's talk about
1: uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, Very, very generally... um, how do we prevent it? How do uh, things like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor? What what kind of institutional changes can we make to prevent these things from happening? I w- I think we all know that we'll never eradicating racism isn't something that you can just you can't just pass a law and make it illegal to be racist people. There will always be people like that. But what kind of changes can we make to curtail um, police violence against people of color? And I wanna start that with, with uh, keep that with Anthony. Violence by the
3: police. I think one of the first steps you could do is to start out police live in the communities that they police. Mm-hmm. They're less likely to hurt somebody who might be their neighbor's kids or somebody who lives around the block. Yeah. Detroit has a problem with most of the police officers not living here and they tried to do a thing and that happened way back with Col- uh, Coleman Young tried to keep that going, and he was defeated at a state level or something, we're like, well, you don't have to live there. You have to have some skin in the game. You have to be invested in the community in which you live. Mm -hmm. And I think that would go a long way to stop some of the the silly problems that you have. You you see that your neighbors is not uh, criminals. And, and the people see the police is not, you you don't see each other as adversaries. So.
0: And I, so. I would say, I agree with you that the Detroit police have been a lot better in terms of, well, I mean, I don't know. I definitely got the sense living here that like I, for a long time, I don't, I mean, I mean even today, I don't like leaving Detroit because suburban cops are just bored. They'll just pull you over yeah. for like nothing you know, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and, uh, yeah. cops got uh, the, you know, in Detroit have better things to do, but I will <laughs> say, I, <laughs> I turned around that, you know, and I, and I was uh, very early to this. I, you know, I marched and everything, but like, you know, in, uh, in kind of national solidarity, I thought that Detroit was like, not, um, didn't have a lot of the problems of the same cities. Obviously it could be better, but, um, I was turned around by some of these Detroit will breathe uh, marches that were completely peaceful, that the cops started gassing people, beating them up, throwing them in paddy wagons for like nothing, you know, like uh, I and yes, there were points where they, you know, they weren't doing that. But then I mean, it's it was Detroit, the Detroit protests were completely peaceful right through the line
1: on, on that note also it, it's the same idea um where do where do you draw the line between uh riots and protests and i understand there's some of it that's very obvious uh, you know a protest is is peaceful and a riot is violent even if it's violence against property uh looting burning things down etc but uh the police don't seem to be able to make that easy of distinction Um, so where do we draw the line? Like how, how do we excuse police treating peaceful protesters like they're rioting when they're not? Um, and let's ask Mike.
2: I think he defined it well, and I don't think we do excuse it.
1: Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, Quick
0: follow-up. Quick follow-up. I, 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 I seem to remember somebody mentioning, Joe Jorgensen getting some flack from some libertarians for tweeting Black Lives Matter. Is that like again, I, I didn't do as you were a last minute addition, so I didn't do a lot of research to this. But would you be able to speak on that?
2: Yeah, that's been an internal thing in the party and I know where it came from. Um, you know what it is is uh, Black Lives Matter is a you know weird phrasing because it can be a statement, which is true. Uh, it can be a movement which is broader and against police brutality, or it's a specific 501c nonprofit organization which espouses, uh, you know, Marxist views. So when she said Black Lives Matter, she meant the statement that was true, and she meant it in support of the movement which is against police brutality. But it was taken by some to be uh, as a support of the specific 501c nonprofit organization which espouses some Marxist views. And that uh, wouldn't be a great thing for us to do, and uh, we don't, uh, you know, share all the beliefs of that organization. But yeah, as a, uh, it makes perfect sense for um, you know any member of the uh, Libertarian Party to support the movement, which is against police brutality, and to say Black Lives Matter because all lives matter. But just like you know, you don't say Save all animals when you really mean save the whales and you don't talk about all kinds of cancer during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, uh, that whole thing. But I do think the solution comes from uh, police responsibility, make uh, settlement lawsuits come out of police pensions, that's the skin in the game, Uh, and qualified immunity. Justin Amash, the libertarian congressman from Michigan's third district, introduced the first tripartisan bill into Congress to end qualified immunity and he also just has to end the war on drugs. You just completely reduce the number of interactions and reasons a police officer has to come in contact with anybody because we already know that people of color who use drugs is proportionate to people of color in the general population. But we know that the number of people of color who get arrested for using drugs is double that, and we know that the number of people of color who get uh, sentenced to jail for using drugs is quadruple that. We have to take away the incentive for that, that the incentive, but the excuse for cops anything can smell like weed. I had a friend who joined the police academy and they told him, hey, if you have one of those uh, pine tree air fresheners, that's a symbol of a drug dealer. So you can pull over anybody with a pine tree air freshener. But by the way, if you see somebody who doesn't have a pine tree air, uh, air freshener, that means they know that they're allowed to pull over people's pine tree air fresheners and they're savvy drug dealers and you can pull them over too.
0: Yeah, I imagine that this would be, uh, uh, there's aspects of this that are more libertarian. I think that like, you know, civil liberties, obviously, um, but then I imagine not too many of you are on board with defund the police, maybe because that the idea of defunding the police is, is resources going into...
4: Um, I think other- we need a lot less. Oops, sorry. I think we need a lot less police because once we stop enforcing victimless acts that shouldn't even be crimes in the first place, there will be a lot less market need for cops. But I, um, I also think we should get rid of police unions too. I think that could be a huge solution to uh, to protecting cops that do bad things. Uh, Anthony, uh, did did you have a, a
0: did you have anything else you wanted to uh, talk about the Detroit Police Department?
3: I I will say that I have never ever been afraid uh, of the police in Detroit, and I have had some some silly things, some questionable things like frisked and and hitting the crotch, like just to let you know that they were the police. But I never felt like I was gonna be hurt seriously or shot by anybody in the Detroit Police Department. And I've known some guys who, you know, like up join and don't live here. And and some of their attitudes, I've known some crooked crop cops in in my time. And that's not the way I feel immediately after I go across eight mile. Today I went to watch uh, the football game in my friend's garage, and I, like I knew I had to get out before dark. You know, like I have had police harassment, like on six ninety six, stopped by a cop, put face down on the side of the freeway with cars flying by in the freeway, for for nothing, for just just yeah. just fucked with. I've yeah. never. I understood the kind of uh, the way the, the Detroit police fucked with you. Yeah. But I never felt like I was going to jail, that they were gonna hurt me or even do anything to me, that they were just doing stupid police shit. That's bad, but I never felt my life was in danger. Like I do. When I'm in the suburbs, so, so uh, the fun-
0: but but the, the fun- specifically, Craig making the decision to gas, beat up, and and jail protesters. Do you think he was j- just showing them who's boss? Or I
3: and let I've never and, felt this way, but we've never right, had these kind of protests. Uh,
0: Craig is, is
3: what I, I thought. A true. lot of that stuff was silly. I agree with you when when all of that. The stuff to protest was peaceful and stuff, you know. That anybody who was, uh, who I would be afraid of in Detroit, they weren't in marches. <laughs> you know, any of the, I don't want to say I know big drug dealers, but any of those people, they weren't around or no. marching no, with man. anybody. These were Although
0: it was a lot of Detroiters. So there were a lot of Detroiters there. I yeah, like, but I, they were
3: conscientious yeah. young people or older people or whatever. They they weren't doing anything. And I think that how they got into trouble was, why why were they there anyway? Two cop cars at the most. When you put out a huge police presence, when you put out any kind of huge presence against another whatever, you're looking for a fight. You yep. put two cops out, two cop cars, to make sure they're all right. Make sure you know no one's uh, running through them with cars, slowing down traffic. That's all you need. But when you put out a big force and you're making it like it's a big confrontational thing, when it doesn't have to be, I think that when you put out too much of a force, you make it a confrontational thing. That's so you're talking about uh, Charlotte earlier, Charlottesville earlier. When you've got a big uh protesting against at the same time you make it confrontational instead of putting it on a separate day or something so I think that they made it bad and it didn't have to be
0: Anthony when you vote if you don't vote for joe biden or you ain't you, you ain't black or what do you, well whatever uh biden said to charlemagne the god I agree Did you hear that I agree with <laughs> you agree 100 okay i agree even if but let's say uh, i thought it was i thought it was funny i
3: but let's, I, I thought it was funny but i agree but i you, i like that he's trying to be you know and I, I know that obama's just started doing some ads with him which i find funny like uh christy just showed me something where obama made a jump shot You don't
0: even them. see your eyes anymore there's no eyes <laughs> yeah.
3: I agree, because I think that, and and when I was talking about that Trump could have sailed if he didn't do anything, I don't think he had to bring race in as overtly as he did to get a second term. But I think, I don't think he's, I give him enough credit to be as smart. I think he's only for himself, so he doesn't have an ideology. You know, he's not racist, he's not... He's only for himself. He's only, I think his biggest thing right now is how is he going to get out of the huge amount of money he owes in 2023. Doesn't care about anything else. And that's how everything is played like a dumb person. Because if you're smart, he would have done it right. He'd get a second term. He'd figure that out.
0: I believe,
1: go on. The follow-up to the, just with the the Biden statement, the, the you ain't black, uh, agree or disagree? Uh, aside, I mean, how do you feel about a seventy-seven-year-old white guy de- determining what what makes you black or not? <laughs> I think here's,
3: I like that question. Uh, I think that a lot of white people have a whole like, "Hey, I'm down. I'm hanging <laughs> with whatever that makes me a thing." And he definitely, he's definitely riding the Obama cop uh coattails like hey i'm bound down i was with the only black whatever and i'm gonna give him a little bit of that you know i think he's too old i think trump's too old i think you know these are if this if he was my dad i'd be putting him in a home you know they're all too old to go but i'm gonna give him that he thinks he's down because he ran with obama that is a that's I can't even begin to express for, and I and I'm not very old. I'm only fifty six, but I think how big a thing that is for a black guy to have become president. I was born in sixty four. Was civil rights? Uh, what sixty eight? Uh, King died. Uh, Lyndon Johnson stuff was you know right around there too. So my parents didn't have the unimpeded right to vote until I was born in my lifetime. Yeah. That's just yes. crazy to me. They had voting restrictions in my lifetime. It's amazing. So that's why black people are just, you know, cause let me tell you, I wanted them to go in and blow shit up. And I hope that Biden goes in and blows shit up. Like, you know what? I'm 77, I'm old. I'm just going to say, well, health care for everybody, uh, this, that, yeah, he, let, let's just do it. I'm just going to try to push he, this through and see He's whatever. not going to, Anthony. <laughs> I hope not he, gonna, he, he should. He should. He's going to die. I agree. Oh, and I, I think I even know if he's going to make it a whole term. It It's
0: appropriate that I found out that you're a boomer uh, just, just in this conversation because I think that was the, actually the turning point for, How did you not for know I mean, I thought you were Generation X. I, I thought, like, I thought you were too I knew I was that. old as hell. I knew you were old as hell, but I you know uh, Gen Xers are old as hell. Um, so I, <laughs> so I think uh, the the turning point for the Biden campaign. Uh, I was I was on the the train with Bernie, where I was like, I was thinking at the time, you know, we're gonna have to offer more than we're not Trump. Like I thought, like you know, we gotta actually offer something. And Biden was, had this very clear strategy early on: make it about character, make it about you know I am just better than Trump. I'm not gonna offer too much, but I'm I'm like I'm not gonna I'm but I'm better than this guy. That's all it is. And I thought that's not gonna work at all. What a dummy! Then people started voting, and. And part of the you know part of the turning point was South Carolina, Jim Clyburn, and older African Americans who it this guy worked for maybe, you know like he worked for a a black the first black president and they liked that and they and they thought like you know this guy's boss was the first African American president. And, you know, the the Democratic Party is an institution we trust, we're gonna rally, oh, they're rallied around him, we're gonna do that. Um, you know, it didn't, It didn't, and all, all of us young people and millennials and even young black people thought, uh, you know, that's never gonna work. And, and it's, it's, and it, that's why I'm frankly saying, like if Hillary Clinton had this, uh, this philosophy and, campaign strategy in in 2016, I probably would have been more receptive to it. Because, you know, if you don't offer me anything, at least at at, at least admit, you know, don't, you know, you you can piss on my head, just don't tell me it's raining. You know, like I tell me what's going on. And that's, I think, why the you ain't black comment was funny to me because he was acknowledging it's like, you know, we've got this voter base. they're they're, like, we know most of them are loyal. And like, we know that the millennials don't vote like the boomers do. So you better fucking get in line or else you're gonna get another four years of Trump. It it was funny to me.
3: It was funny to me and I'm gonna tell you why and, and my sum up why I'm voting for Biden completely because I'm hopeful because I'm optimistic and because I've hoped that he's learned from his time with Obama that Obama should have pushed more.
0: But, but again, so I don't think he he's going to do any of that. I mean, he's, already, he's as much as said he's not going to.
3: And I, no. and I like- with this I'm telling you what I hope he does. I hope that somebody comes to talk to him and say, look, you are an old dude. You're not going to live that long. If you want to be more, you okay, you won president, she didn't do anything. If you want to be more than just some guy who was president or whatever and just he was the vice president for Obama, this is your chance. Fuck it. You're going to be dead. That is oh, mine I'm for so- Biden. As an old ass who's about to die, what would you do? Fuck it. You know, what are you going to do to me? I'm president. I'm going to push all of this through. I'm going to help her or whatever. Somebody bring me my whiskey. That I, is my husband. I
0: just don't I just don't think he has that fucking energy like you you might hope he th- he does. When uh Yeah, Andrew, if- what do you hope is going to happen? If, if Trump wins, well, what do you hope-
4: I hope uh, a lot more is done about breaking up uh, monopolistic organizations. I think a lot of uh we have a lot of vertical monopolies in the tech world. I also hope that uh, taxes that he does a lot more with cutting taxes and cutting spending.
0: Mike, what do you what do you when this is all over? What do you most look forward to?
2: Um, hopefully, uh, for the good of the country, a um, slowdown on the Democratic side and a recalibration on the GOP side.
0: Okay, and then. Um, We've got 90 million uh, Americans that have already voted. Um, we've got Donald Trump saying it should be decided on the day when he knows that's not going to happen. Everyone, like in the room, knows that's not going to happen. Um, and then we have Kavanaugh essentially saying the same thing in a decision uh, by the Supreme Court. So this is my real outro question: is uh, do you think there's going to be a power grab, uh, you know, on the day? Do you think that it's going to be kicked up to the Supreme Court? And do you think that there's going to be a civil war? That's my real outro hypothetical question. So I'm going to start with Andrew. Do you think um, things
4: that are going to get hairy? I, I definitely... My stance on things being finished the day of—I don't think the counting needs to be done the day of. I definitely think any votes that are received after the deadline, like mail-in ballots, I don't think those should be counted unless they're if they're postmarked after. In terms of will it be kicked up to the Supreme Court? Um, why really why not? What?
0: Sorry, what? Why don't you want mail-in ballots to be counted?
4: They can be counted as long as they're postmarked before the election date. Okay, so you're fine with them
0: counting all those, even if it takes. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, right. yeah it okay. takes
4: longer to count them, but they're still they're still in. So. What do you think about um, Trump signaling that he doesn't want to count them? Yeah, I don't agree with him. Okay,
0: fair enough. Mike, do you think it's going to get hairy?
2: Uh. I think we have the possibility of seeing a lot of what we saw in Florida in 2000. Uh, I hope we don't. I think it's going to be pretty clear on election night, but if for whatever reason, it does go to uh, recounts. Just anecdotally, from what I've heard from other people who have worked at recounts and uh, ballot counters, that uh, when there is a recount of any kind, it's about 1% of the in-person ballots that get thrown away, but 25% of the mail-in ballots that get thrown away. And I think that really helps Trump since it's Biden supporters who have been mostly, um, for lack of a better word, conservative on the uh, COVID guidelines, and for lack of a better word, Trump supporters that have been liberal with them. So I think they're, the Biden supporters mailed in more ballots and I think the Trump supporters are gonna show up in person more frequently. And if it is uh, that, uh, from what what I understand about recounts, I think the recounts are gonna to start to tip the scale in a different direction and it will change the outcome of the election. Hopefully we don't have to really have any though, so it won't call that into question. I don't think we're gonna get that. Um, I think uh, as far as like- You, you know, think there's gonna be a civil war? war like that uh
0: could you are you afraid of a civil war at all
2: like part of you part of me yeah but not a big part
0: all right anthony do you think it's gonna get what what are we what are we talking 2000 level or far beyond or how how bad do you think it could get
3: I don't think it's gonna be as bad at, all, bad at all. I think that the decision will pretty much be made, if not that night, if Florida comes in, a few nights after. I think that the people who actually are running the Republican Party, Mitch McConnell, has got what he's want. He's got the judges in place. He's tired of Trump's ass too. He doesn't need them. He has his judge in place. He has the majority on the Supreme Court. He doesn't need to do that. He's gonna let whatever comes, whatever ride. Trump will make a lot of noise, that's what he does. But it'll be up to McConnell and the Senate to actually make that go. And I think that they've got what they want and they're they're done with him now. There's no more, they're not gonna back him. They're not gonna back him on anything like that. Whatever the vote says, the vote says. And that's it. And I, I, that I'm absolutely sure. Okay. They're done with him. They've got what they wanted. Yeah. So they, they, uh, they want to be rid of him too. So.
0: Well, yeah. So you, so you're, 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 um, predicting saw a handle, um, uh, uh, Biden winning handily, maybe Florida.
3: I hope that he wins. If, if he right. does, if Trump wins, he wins. But if it says Biden wins, I, I know that the establishment Republicans can accept that because they have the Supreme Court, they have the federal judges in place, they have what they want. They are tired of his antics too. No one wants all of that. They don't want all of that ding stuff, you know. They think yeah. that uh, Biden will be just enough moderate thing think of that. They have the courts. They don't care. So Trump's going to make noise. That's We see that that's what he does. I think that this is a chance for the rest of the Republicans to, to get away from him. They don't need him anymore. They've got Amy Coney Barrett, and they don't need him anymore. And they're done with him. So if he wins, great. They'll continue to work with him. If he doesn't, they don't need him.
0: Okay, the only cap offs I, I wanted to make was that, uh, the only thing I wanted to say about the debates was uh, best strategy ever, try to give your opponent an infectious disease. Uh, kudos to Trump on that one. I did do um, the fact check on on COVID-19 and everything's saying that it, it takes, uh, that a lab could take 24 hours to rub your test, but could be for several days. And I'm still seeing the figure for uh, three to seven days come in, which isn't too different from the five to ten. But again, we've got three million rapid tests coming to Michigan, so hopefully that changes. That's it's, but it it maintains as my biggest gripe that like I'm still seeing these figures. We have covered a lot. Yes, thank you, people. (laughs) Thank you, Andrew. thank you mike uh, th- uh thank you uh christy's ipad i'm sorry anthony <laughs> and uh and uh yeah we are going to see what happens this week i will link you all when uh, we have the chance but until then uh stay safe tip your bartender have a good night gentlemen have a good election
1: What a cliffhanger. I hope everything turns out okay with the election.
0: Right. That's another thing. Uh, we, we were lucky that uh, none of these issues were ever fully resolved. What, Jack?
1: No, 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 Jack, you can't spread that stuff around. I mean, Joe Biden won the election. Even the court disputed votes aren't enough to flip the the, the result.
0: I mean, but Diddy pits, Diddy. Yeah, yeah. There's yes. still been no concession. So what? Trump fired the of uh, director Chris Krebs. He's bringing troops home from Iraq and Afghanistan.
1: Yeah, but Jack, I mean, he
0: tweeted that, okay? He tweets a lot of things, you know? I, I don't know. I don't know, but I think that Trump's trying to be the little engine that cooed. Like maybe Bernie would have won, but maybe Bernie would have been cooed easier too. And that, that's why I'm I'm, optim- I'm hopeful like Anthony was. Hopefully Biden doesn't get cute Hopefully Biden will think he's gonna die soon. Hopefully he will say, fuck it. Let's get these people testing and healthcare and infrastructure. But there will always be a little voice in my head that's also like Mike. These people have given us no reason to trust them and it's nearly impossible to now. All I know, is that it'll all have been worth it, meaning COVID-19, uh, 2016, uh, Bernie, Hillary, everything, if they drag Donald Trump out of the White House kicking and screaming. That would make all of it worth it. The, the whole, yes, yes. Well, I stand by that take. I stand by it. Uh, only time will it.
1: tell, my man. Um, but wait, before we sign off, this suspense has been killing me. What were the results of your test?
0: Well. It was a seven-day test, so you'll just have to wait until the next episode. You were saying just No, earlier. no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm negative. I am negative. Okay. I didn't infect Jeez. any of you people out there. Uh, thanks for watching. Uh, thanks to everyone involved. We all worked really hard on organizing this, finding people, editing. Pitts, how many times did I say, fuck it, I'm going to cancel this?
1: You said it a lot of times.
0: A lot of times, yes. Because it was it always, it was always something, some setback or whatever. If we didn't have a full panel or we didn't have everything and everyone in, in place, this concept does not work. So thank you, Anthony, Andrew, Gabe, um, and Mike, and thank you, Pitts. I really yeah,
1: appreciate truly a team that. effort. Uh, Jack, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's been a roller coaster, and that is to say, it's been fun because
0: I like roller coasters. Uh, uh, so thank you I like to rides. Jack. Sorry. I, I like water rides. I I well, get, I get sick on roller coasters. This has been, this year has been a little too roller coaster, not water ride enough for me. That was
1: worth interrupting my outro. Uh, yeah. so thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to Jack. Thank you to the panel and, uh, look out for more Spar Talk coming your way, maybe sometime. And until then, take care, everybody. Thank you.